Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Her ongoing mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life forms and new civilizations. To boldly go where no one has gone before. Shields up. Red alert. Arrival in Vulcan in five seconds. Four. Aboard the USS Enterprise, the most sophisticated starship ever built, a novice crew embarks on its maiden voyage. Their path takes them on a collision course with Nero, a commander whose mission of vengeance threatens all of mankind. If humanity was to survive, a rebellious young officer named James T. Kirk and a coolly logical Vulcan named Spock must move beyond their rivalry and find a way to defeat Nero before it's too late. Welcome to another feature presentation of Midnight Double Feature, and on this episode we're talking 2009 Star Trek, directed by J.J. Abrams. Hey guys, welcome back to the first feature presentation episode of Midnight Double Feature for 2019. Uh, not this is actually our first official episode. Oh, uh, yeah. We had the thing prequel. Yeah, uh, just gonna chuck that out there. Um, but uh, dude, guys, I'm joined by Colin and Danny. Hey, how you doing, guys? One at a time. One at a time. I'm doing good. How are you, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> just say it real quick now. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like when you show up at a stop sign. I don't know if you guys are like this anywhere. You you're stay like, there no, and wait for somebody not, else yeah. to go. You're like, I'll definitely go last that way i'm doing good yeah nice nice um but dude we're fucking starting the year off big all right we had to we i i thought all right we're gonna kick it off with a, a franchise film something massive something something that's gonna kind of like lay the course for the year um and i chose undoubtedly one of my favorite science fiction movies of all time uh star trek the 2009 star trek um and i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna let's go around the table and let's try <laughs> Before we give our thoughts, guys, and I, I feel like I have a, I have an inkling of the, where this is going to go, but Colin, you first. Tell me what your history is with Star Trek. Okay. Uh, history with Star Trek. So I, I, I've never really seen, I, I don't think I've seen any of the movies, nothing of the original ones with uh, Shatner and, and Nimoy. Uh, I never watched the original show growing up. Uh, I just grew up, you know, we had like, what, five, six, seven channels. Like, that was it. I didn't have, like, cable and satellite and all that other shit. So I grew up watching, like... A little bit of deep, uh, deep Space Nine, a little bit of like Voyager, uh, inter- you know, obviously Next Gen, um, you know, and then later on like Star Trek Enterprise, just like little bits and pieces here and there. But honestly, I don't really have much of a history. Uh, I'm not a big Star Trek fan. Um, I think anybody who's a fan of sci-fi still has to respect the lore around it, and you have to respect the fact that this was yeah. this was like Star Star Wars before Star Wars. I like, kind of came in and pushed Star Trek like out a little bit, in my opinion. I think Star Wars is obviously like much bigger now. In my opinion, um, but I, I've I, th- I think it's okay. It's not my favorite kind of like mythology. I mean, I just I like Star Wars more. I've just always been more of a fan of Star Wars. Um, and you know, they had those movies coming out right when I was like nine, ten, and eleven. So it was perfect timing to kind of rekindle a lot of people in like our generation's group to you know watching the older movies. So I, I'm not I'm not so much of a big Star Trek fan. I know enough. You know, I know the I know Klingons and Vulcans, 
and cling on death grip and live long and prosper and and all that other stuff most of my knowledge from star trek actually comes from futurama um because they're just like <laughs> they 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 hold that show up in such high you know um just no to such a high pedestal um but other than that i mean i that's really about all i got i'm, I'm not a huge star trek fan uh the first time i've ever seen this movie i haven't seen beyond i haven't seen into darkness um i've very 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 rarely ever watched anything from the original one with shatner um and it's not something i'm against getting into but it's just not anything i've ever really had an inkling to so i'm um, short and sweet and to the point nice so nothing yeah nothing nothing got a goddamn awesome. thing all right cool no all good uh Danny, give me your history on Star Trek. Uh, same. Yep. Yep. <laughs> nice. And you know what it is? It's the same for me as well. I fucking knew it. I knew that all three of us would have zero history with Star Trek. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, my parents were Trekkies on a serious note. So they are, they're the ones that got me to go see this when it came out. and uh, But I ended up loving it. They I'd seen another one, one of the Shatner movies, where they were in San Francisco in modern times. And it was really weird at the time. Uh, so that's probably practically my only exposure with any Star Trek. That's it. Right. I, I I did. I remember watching Star Trek uh, maybe an episode back in the day, and I think it was rented. Um, and I honestly think it was The Next Generation because I do remember Picard. Uh, that's obviously Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Mm. Um, mm. But I don't remember anything else. I remember maybe seeing a bit of um, Star Trek Nemesis, which was the movie that was before this Star Trek, um, which was the one with Tom Hardy. But I don't remember anything at all from it. So... Um, <clears throat> My Star Trek history is totally limited, but I do, like you said, Colin, I do know a lot about the lore, like, uh, like you know, Vulcans and, and Romulans and, and things like that. So, um, and like, I think, I think it's fair to say that when you're a kid, it's either Star Trek or Star Wars. And like, that changes when you get older, you can obviously find merits in both of them. But like, when you're a kid, it's kind of like, it's one or the other. Right. So, it's, it's like what Mia Wallace says in Pulp Fiction. She's like, there's two types of people in this world, Elvis people and people. Beatles people. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, that's exactly right. Exactly right. So for me, obviously it was Star Wars because it's the most, it's the more exciting. Like no one, no one wants to go see them fucking explore planets and find new alien life forms. We want to see battles and people dying. Like, come on. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, man, um, let's get stuck into this fucking movie. Um, Danny, you give me your thoughts on Star Trek 2009 first. Uh, so I was saying this a second ago, I would have probably maybe seen this, but, uh, without the influence, but my parents were the type of people that had like some Star Trek collectible plates up in a closet because they liked them so much. Um, when my, when my mom was alive, she would talk about how, uh, when they used to live out in California that she would go to see like these Leonard Nimoy, uh, book signings. So she like has met, had met him several times and so she was crazy about all those, all the, all the ways I think that they were interested interesting like outside of star trek apparently um so that just made it interesting to me even more so they uh they came out with a trailer and it was like the first time i remember she was actually excited to go see a movie and i thought that really struck me as interesting so um when we went and saw it i uh, uh we loved it i thought it was really great and i think that might have been the first jj abrams they may i ever got exposed to too um so uh yeah like lens flare is now a word i know um <laughs> uh, but overall i really enjoyed Enjoyed it and it was uh, I can see how it was nostalgic and uh, definitely more interesting than the San Francisco like hippie version I had seen <laughs> forever ago so that's my thoughts on that 
Nice. Colin, <laughs> Colin hit me. Um, this movie's okay. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> you knew it. You knew it was going to fucking happen, dude. Um, Piece of shit. It, it, you know, honestly, um, I sat down to watch it, and I just, I don't know why, I've just, I've just never really had an inkling to watch this. I don't have anything against Star Trek. I, I really don't. Uh, I, I do think that they're, because when you're a Star Wars fan, I think, and Danny, you can attest, I mean, Danny's got a fucking full-length back tattoo of a goddamn star, of like a lightsaber. So, like, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, it's Danny. Like, Not you, really a lightsaber, uh, but anyway. But whatever, yeah, what, like, it's a Star it's a Star Wars, like, tattoo. <laughs> yeah, but, the outcast, the, this, the Jedi outcast yeah, symbol, if you've ever yeah, seen yeah. that, it's a really cool uh, symbol. So, yeah, yeah there's that, my secret, by the way. Most people don't know that. Well, I think when you're a Star Wars fan, you kind of get lumped into a category with the Star Trek fans, and even, I think, even in that kind of, like, um, fan kind of, like, culture, like, Star Trek, Star Trek people are always looked on as, like, um, even more nerdy than the people who were into Star Wars, and I don't know why that is, because there's really not much of a difference between them. Like, like it's really not. You know, you throw in a couple of swords and some people with telepathy, and there's really not that, not that much of, like, a difference and stuff. Um, I, th- I thought it was a good movie. I think it's fine. I, 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 as I'm watching it, I'm not just like, oh my god, I want to slit my wrist and cut my eyes, you know, and just fucking, like, not, 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 <laughs> not watch this movie. <laughs> not watch this yeah. fucking thing. That was my first concern when I heard you were going to have to watch this, Colin. <laughs> I thought that Colin was going to got to blind himself and commit suicide. <laughs> the end of it. No, I'd have done that. Uh, I'd have done that on the island before I did that on this movie. Um, no, that's fair. Um, but if you no, don't I, like any of those actors, it's easy to hate that film. It's definitely easy to pick on. Like Scar, I forget Scarlett Johansson's in that because she doesn't have any like vocal lines. She just screams the whole time. Yeah, I think more than anything, Colin Colin would slit his wrist because it's Michael Bay. Oh God, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a Michael Bay fan, and, and I'm not going to lie. This is. Um, this uh, out of all the J.J. Abrams stuff, this is probably like lowest on my list. Like, I, I like I definitely put Super Eight, Cloverfield, um, and, uh, and you know, and his and his other movies like ab- above this one, just because I do like it. Um, it it's it's an okay movie. I'm not I, I'm not mad that I watched it. I'm not really happy that I watched it. It's one. It's honestly one of the few things I, I've watched for this podcast, and I was just kind of like. Well, that's a movie, you know, and and honestly, like, there's not there's not a whole lot. There's nothing about it that I just like. Oh my god, like I have to show this to someone else. But it's not one of those things. Like I'm deleting that out of my browsing history. You know, it's like like a, like I'm not ashamed of it or anything. I'm just kind of I'm just kind of lukewarm on it. You know, it's it's got some cool stuff. I think it's got some stuff that doesn't work and is kind of cheesy. But I I realize you kind of have to forgive that when when they're relaunching these kind of things. I think when even when you start something like Captain America: The First Avenger or Iron Man or Lord of the Rings or Matrix or something that's going to launch a new kind of line line of things. I mean, because this was like, this was absolutely, um, this was absolutely huge. Like whenever it was coming out, I remember everybody was making a big deal. Um, yeah. Lar- largely because of Zach Quinto as Spock. That was a like a really, really big deal. Um, but I hadn't known him from anything else before that. Am oh, I God, the only no. one? Yeah. No, me neither. I never... I'd, I'd, I'd seen him in Heroes before that. I oh, saw him okay. in Heroes after the fact and then was like, mm. oh, it's Spock. I straight up thought it was Brandon Ruth from Superman Returns. Swear to God. Like, <laughs> I, I fucking thought it was. But, um, but you know, it's it's something that just kind of, I, I never really had an inkling to see. Uh, it, was, it was cool. You know, uh, it's got some problems and it's got some stuff that works. And I think, you know, perfectly balanced as all things should be. You know, it's it's got nice. it's got it's got stuff that I like and stuff that I don't like. And um, and, you know, I think that I think that so many times I sit down to watch a movie and this just shows you, I think, kind of like the mental state of people.
people that watch movies after a while, they're expecting to either be blown out of their seat or so disappointed. And it's rare that a movie comes along that just really hits the middle of the road for you. And this was a unique experience for me because, like, usually I'll watch something or I'll pick something like The Thing and I'm super excited about it. Even The Thing prequel, super excited about it because I like that mythology. But then we do movies that, you know, I'm kind of like, meh, you know, just kind of meh about, like, Guardians of the Galaxy or something. And I'm like, ah, that's cool, you know, whatever. And it's just that it it was okay. Yeah, exactly. It's it's okay. You know, that's, that's, that's about where I stand on it. Interesting. That's interesting. Okay, so um, I, like I said, man, I fucking love this movie. Um, and this this is a movie that I came at with, like I said, zero expectations because I hadn't been exposed to Star Trek really before that. Um, but for me, man, the things that were exciting me about it were the trailers. There were two incredible trailers, like some really, like well cut, awesome trailers with amazing background music behind them. Um, and like Danny, you mentioned that teaser trailer, so. So that teaser trailer it only goes for about a minute or so and it's basically just the enterprise being built um that was directed by jada abrams actually um and basically the marketing campaign for this was just really really exciting by the way i'm 15 when i first watched this movie so this was like right in my wheelhouse mm-hmm. um, this is i was excited because i wanted to be exposed to star trek i like really i wanted to be exposed to star trek like it was just something that i wanted to kind of want to get into at that age and i wanted to uh, like i knew that they were throwing a whole lot of money at it because it just felt like quality. Like, the trailers just looked awesome. Um, And I remember, man, like, watching that Picard one and, like, everything was kind of cool except the effects. I remember the effects being so, like, dated at that, even at that time. And I just remember being like, oh, man, if they, like, made this uh, a little bit better, like, it'd be a little more interesting. And then I saw the trailers for this and I, like, I was like, God, yes, let's let's (laughs) hit this up. Yeah, yeah. Um, By the fucking way... This movie is 10 years old. Wow. <laughs> like, that, That's hard that? to believe. Dude, fucking wild, right? Um, and I just want to mention as well, this is our second J.J. Abrams movie, so this is the first time we've covered a director twice, uh, which is interesting because- Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, because like it's weird because I can't go through the director like I usually do because like, I already did it on the Super 8 episode. Um, um but, uh, yeah, man, I think this movie's fantastic. It's just got fantastic performances. The visuals are outstanding. The, and it's it, more than anything, it's a sound design for me that works. Um, like, this movie is just a, a visual and auditory, like, treat. Yeah, if you put um, Beastie Boys in a movie, you've already got into it. <laughs> but, but not even that, man. Like, I, I watched this. Um, we have, like, a little home theater thing. So, like, we have, like a, 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 like, a base, like a sub, right? And, man, when they're taking off with the warp sounds, oh, it sounds fucking beautiful beautiful mm, um and this is obviously this was nominated for sound design as well for an oscar so really well deserved um but yeah uh, and i thought you know <laughs> everyone was kind of confused as to what this movie was and this was the first time i'd seen that this movie is not a prequel like everyone thought that this was a prequel um but i thought the the story was actually clever the way they kind of like um well jj was kind of like okay well everything you know from star trek has happened before um but this is just a a different reality this is a different alternate timeline so you know we're gonna play with something new here and do something else like that was uh, I, I like the 
like time travel can be kind of finicky. Like you guys talked about it in the Terminator episode. Uh, once you get into time travel and all the time travel paradoxes, it can be kind of confusing. Um, yeah, I, I almost tend to dislike films because they almost just try and make any plot hole go away by saying yeah. it's time travel. You know, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of like setting up a franchise, I thought the way that this did it was really clever. Like, um, you, you know, like these by having Spock meet Spock, like it's instantly changed everything that's going to happen in the future so like it's a whole new thing so in terms of like being a prequel it turns into a reboot as well um, yeah, and I think something and Matt would probably say is very good writing that they would try and write in someone like Leonard Nimoy to let old crowds still be interested in saying right. a revitalized version of the franchise right and you know you do get those awesome fan moments you know where Leonard Nimoy holds up his hand and he's like live long and prosper like that's fucking badass mm. um, uh, by the way when this premiered I remember this premiering because movies don't premiere at the Sydney Opera House like ever but I remember this premiered at the Opera House and um, apparently there was like spontaneous applause from the audience when Leonard Nimoy appeared on screen by the way rest in peace Leonard Nimoy Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. fucking awesome in this movie like he's just he's just got that 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 wise Yoda very good presence yeah dude if you you want to hear something crazy this is just a little side tangent one of the the thing I knew Leonard Nimoy from was an animated movie I watched growing up as a kid Uh, it's called The Halloween Tree and it's super cool. It's like an animated horror thing. It was a book by Ray Bradbury who did like Fahrenheit 451, and um, oh. it, it's a kids book just to, just about Halloween. And he's this old man who who has the, the Halloween tree, and it's a Halloween with or it's a big tree with all these Halloween pumpkins like carved on it. But his voice is this crazy kind of thing. And, and and I remember watching it about a week ago. I was like, wait, that's fucking Leonard Nimoy, and dude, like <laughs> I would have like his name's his name's Mr. Mountroud, and he's literally like Clarence Clavicle Mount. Trout. And dude, I, it, it does not sound like Leonard Nimoy. And I was like, dude, I wish he would have done some more voice acting. Like, holy shit, that guy's incredible. Dude, that's like finding like, <laughs> it's fun, it's it's funny that you like discovered Leonard Nimoy from something that he's like totally not known for. Oh, yeah. God, that's like discovering, yeah. that's like, like, that's like discovering. probably S- forgot he did. <laughs> yeah, that's like discovering Sigourney Weaver in Paul instead of fucking Alien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh or my like, God. Sigourney Weaver in Finding Dory is the aquarium narrator. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that, that. That would be somebody like recognizing that. I saw yeah. I saw somebody talking about Sandra Bullock, and they're like, "Oh, the lady from Bird Box." And someone's like, "Hold the fuck up, dude! She is not the lady from <laughs> Bird Box." Speed. <laughs> yeah, speed. Come on, dude. It was just cans. <laughs> it was only cans. <laughs> I fucking made that reference in an upcoming attractions. I think literally like last week. But oh, that's awesome. I get um, it. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, this has a, a damn decent story as far as reboots go. Whenever like someone's like, oh. Why are they rebooting it? Like this is literally the movie that I point them to. I'm like, kind of look at Star Trek and look at like how decently it it rebooted um, what you know and like kind of like went in a whole new direction. Like this was because this was JJ's thing. This is he's got a lot of stuff to juggle with this movie. He has to bring this bring this boring as fucking well kind of boring sort of thing into like the whole for modern audiences, right? Like he had to bump up the action, he had to bump up the excitement, but he had to also establish new characters and established like new actors who are playing these iconic characters um 
and it's it's just a lot to juggle, man. And I just thought he did, did so damn well. Um, but yeah, I, I point this as one of my favorite reboots, uh, along there with Casino Royale. Um, for Ooh, you know, Double Seven. I'd love to no, cover I mean, that, that one day. That that movie's fantastic. Yes, it um, is. <laughs> and man, someone like I love uh, film scores, and Michael Giacchino does the the score in this so fucking well. It just fits fits perfectly, man. But this is, I mean, a, a lot of people have issues with this movie um, because it's not technically Star Trek. Like, it's not them visiting other planets. It's not them, like, you know, discovering new life forms. Well, I guess it is, but it's it's more of a... It feels like a Star Wars show reel, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, it's it's very Star wars up. And, like, that's because, I mean, obviously, J.J. went on to direct Force Awakens. And, and J.J. JJ is a massive Star Wars fan, and he wasn't familiar with Star Trek at all. And that's why people were really worried uh, before this movie came out. So, um, but yeah, man, I think he knocked it out of the park. Um, this stands up there with uh, some of the best stuff that JJ's done for me, if not the best thing for me. Um, like, I love The Force Awakens, man, but this, I can I can always watch this movie. It's just, I find it so fun and find it so entertaining. And it's just a great time, man. Like, I just, um, oh, it's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> Let's fucking get into it. Let's, Let's go. do it. All right. Um, okay, so we open with this crazy hours opening. Um, so, again, I love the score of the studio logos, how it ramps up and it opens on the Kelvin. This is something that JJ does really well. Like, just, just the timing of the music and things like that is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then it opens on the Kelvin and immediately you get the style, like the visual style of the movie. Like, there's going to be a lot of CGI, uh, <laughs> a lot of lens flares. Um, lens flare. Lens flare. Uh, but, the, yeah, the USS Kelvin comes across a lightning storm in space and we meet Captain Rabot. Uh, his, do you guys recognize him? Motherfucking Ten Rings, dude. Yeah, He's bitch. in a lot of stuff that I don't know, like, off my, like, off the top of my head exactly where I've seen him. But Iron Man would be the best one, but the best example. Oh, um, yeah, that's yeah, right. Ten Rings. Uh, he's, his name is Farhan Tahir. <laughs> oh, and um, you know, we recently watched this pretty, pretty up there B movie uh, called Escape Plan with Sylvester Stallone in it, and he was an inmate <laughs> oh. in that. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked uh, we talked privately, me and Matt. Oh, I think it was in the chat, in the in our in our group chat, about the sequel for that being terrible. Oh, yeah, um, I want to watch it just, just to be entertained by its awfulness, I'm if it's true. Good. I'm yeah. good. I'll when pass. this When this guy popped up from Iron Man, I was like, oh, Keenan-Michael Key, that's awesome, dude. What are you doing here? <laughs> it does look like him. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I see we, I see we got Ty- Tyler Perry about 25 minutes into the movie. I guess it makes sense. We have Keenan-Michael Key. I was like, that's, that's interesting. And then you realized it wasn't him when Jordan Peele wasn't Chris, it was fucking Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, right. I just, I wish it would have cut over to Jordan Peele as Obama. I'd be like, we've uh, set the phase versus stun. Uh, nothing seems to be working. I've given her all she's got. Dude, he totally looks like Keegan. That's fucking hilarious. I never put that together. Oh, Racist as shit. And then we get this, we get this Romulan ship uh, called the Narada. It appears through the black hole. Dude, this ship looks bad. Yeah, and like the, visual the design. Of them, of, uh, the visual effects of them introducing it is really cool how it comes through that black hole and it's really yeah. almost two-dimensional in the sense that you can't see the black hole you know from its side there's just one side that's there and the inside isn't it's cool hell yeah it's fucking awesome man and, and it like, definitely uh, makes again, you feel scared for them this scene it's like you're clinching on within the first minute <laughs> 
Right, because there's this kind of like side shot of like the scale. So you've got the sun behind them, then you've got the Narada, and then you've got the USS Kelvin being like this tiny ass thing. Um, it, like it, it sets up the stakes really well. Um, but I, I just love that there's like no questions, no talking. The Narada just fucking starts firing. Mm-hmm. It's fucking awesome. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is here as George Kirk in his first <coughs> film role. Dude, yeah. this is his first film role. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, after. Uh, so there's a big Australian show called Home and Away. Uh, it's a soap uh, and he went straight from that to this which is interesting uh, but a lot of people went from Home and Away or another Australian show soap called uh, Neighbours uh, that's fucking Margot Robbie so Margot Robbie came from that show as well so. oh. you know what's really interesting about this beginning scene just um, <clears throat> and it might have been because I was watching it earlier today but it reminds me a lot of Man of Steel um, which I know this came out way before Man of Steel did but like the the planet's ending we have this this fight that's like kind of like some aerial dogfights I think the, I think the beginning scene in Man of Steel has done a lot better than the way they do it in this one, but it reminded me of it a lot. Like especially a, a lot of the like the CGI use and stuff. Um, they, like if you go back and watch Man of Steel and watch this, like you can kind of see. I was like, wow, these actually are very similar, like CGI wise. Not not later on when we're in when we're on a set and we're with the actors, uh, but just like the, the the space battles and the kind of. Um, I, I think it's also the way that the Romulans look. They have that big black bulky kind of armor, which reminds me of like the Kryptonians and Zod and everybody. Um, but it reminded me of the beginning of Man of Steel, a father dying, sending off his only son and blah, blah, blah. And it's, I mean, I was like, oh, okay. I, I, I'm actually drawing like a little bit of a parallel here. Wait, so you thought Man of Steel did that better? Oh, fuck <laughs> yeah, dude. I love the beginning of Man of Steel. That's fucking Interesting. awesome. Oh, we'll cover that oh. movie someday. That's like the best DC movie they've done so far that I've seen. Oh. I wait for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, 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 dude, I love this better. I, I don't know. Maybe so, I think so it's just like, the music. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Pause the fucking movie. Pause the fucking pause, movie. Pause the pod- podcast. Pause the podcast. I just, no, uh, I don't know. But I think it's the music. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I, I feel for the, the, the music does it for me in this. This has mm-hmm. got an A plus score, for real. This is, this is, uh, do you know what the score is for Rotten Tomatoes on this movie? 94. Like, yeah, it's up there. Oh. Man. I believe it. Yeah. It's a um, cell. Yeah. Um, but, dude, I love fire all phases and in the background, just the sound effects of the phases are being fired. For, oh, fucking orgasm worthy. Yeah. Um, but the Narada fucks up the Kelvin, man. You know, you got the, the quick shot of the officer being blown out of the hole and into the silent space. God Ooh, damn. Awful. Yeah, that's, that's scary. Horrifying. Um, the Narada wants to negotiate a ceasefire, saying that Captain Robo has to come aboard the shuttlecraft. Your refusal would be unwise. Uh, and <laughs> Captain Kirk. Captain George Kirk. Um, Rabot is presented uh, to Nero and is asked about a certain spacecraft and Rabot wants to know what gives Nero the right to attack a Federation vessel. And then we get, do you know the location of Ambassador Spock? Um, which is interesting because you're, like, everyone knows who Spock is, right? Like, even if you've never seen Star Trek, you must kind of, like, have an inkling of who Spock is. Yeah, like, it, it's just in pop culture guy. references alone, someone's going to say or do right. the, mo- you know, do the Vulcan, uh, I don't know what that is the Vulcan hand it's not a handshake it's like the Vulcan side yeah, the, the salute yeah salute. yeah 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 so um they ask what the current star date is 22-3304 where are you from and Nero just fucking takes him out um, yeah he didn't fucking, even give he didn't even give him a chance to figure yeah. out what the date is was there wild. another movie that we watched recently Colin where they're asking about what year it is and he doesn't immediately get an answer huh <laughs> <laughs> I'll oh, my ass off about that 
<laughs> George Kirk orders the evacuation. Uh, his wife tells him that the baby's coming. Uh, computer tells him that the autopilot has been destroyed and there's menu operation only. Uh, and Kirk basically orders the shuttle pilot to leave without him. A touching sacrifice scene, I thought. I don't know. I just thought it was really, you know, pretty pretty up there. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth, a- man. This 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 Chris Hemsworth kid's going places. I'm, I'm going to bet you, man. He's, he's going to be big one day. <laughs> well, and I like the fact that he's not this, like, chiseled god. Like, he looks like he's got, like, he just looks like an average dude. You know, he's got, like, short, yeah. like, average hair. He's got, like... Oh, he'll become a chiseled god. Right, right, he looks yeah, so yeah, yeah. normal in this that I had forgotten that he was in this until we had rewatched this. I was he like, looks, oh! He, dude, he looks... <laughs> He looks fit, like so fit here, but he still looks doughy compared to Thor. Yeah, right. He he looks like, he looks a lot like Shatner more so than Chris Pine looks like Shatner. You oh know? yeah. By the way, um, so that he pilots the ship for exactly twelve minutes here, and later when uh, Captain Pike says, "You know, your father was a ship for twelve minutes," that's literally correct. Nice. Uh, oh. Which is which is pretty cool. Uh, also, just a little fun fact. Um, so the crew on the Kelvin used those communicators that they're the same style in the original series, kind of like the flip phone. Okay, um, yeah. But when Nero changes the timeline and starts the alternate universe, the communicators change drastically. It's just kind of like a little detail because obviously he's changed, he's changed the future. Huh. Yeah, man, just little little details, you know. Um, but yeah, so uh, Kirk crashes the Kelvin into the Narada, uh, but not before naming their kid, James Tiberius Kirk. And dude, the shot makes it looks like that, like the the sacrifice didn't do shit. Like it's just kind of like slowed the ship down, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of like <clears throat> the the final scene at the end of Ant Man when they're fighting, and it looks so big and mm. and then when they cut back, it's just like these little bitty like pink, like it's right. like a tiny little like you can tell he definitely slowed he slow, he he accomplished what he aimed to do. It wasn't in vain, but it was still like I kind of wish it would have fucked him up just a little bit more, like giving him a little bit more like run for their money but i was like ah it's, it's just enough for them to literally swing by the the, the sweat yeah. of their nuts and then we get the title card i love the music in this movie i fucking love it okay eat me eat me colin we just lost all of our star trek listeners thanks thanks i love that Battlestar galactica theme <laughs> uh, we cut to Iowa. Um, by the way, I would murder this kid if he stole my vintage car like this. Like, see ya. See ya, mate. Um, by the way, this was interesting because in the first trailer, not the teaser trailer, in the first trailer for Star Trek for this movie, um, this was literally the first thing you see in the trailer. So it's like, why? what is this? What? <laughs> like, this isn't Star Trek. Like, this is literally a modern car being driven by a kid and <laughs> over a cliff. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. It was just a, just a really cool, like, misleading shot. That was awesome. Uh, cool futuristic Nokia phone. Uh, and like you said, Danny, sabotaged by the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Um, dude, so, so, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, have you guys seen Star Trek Beyond? You haven't seen it, Colin, have you? No. Yeah, mm. I have, yeah. There's another okay. Beastie Boys song in there. They actually, uh, they it's have the a little one. bit of, uh, not, I thought it was intergalactic that they have. No, in- oh, it's the same. Well, I don't know if it's that scene, but like there is a scene in Beyond where <laughs> sabotage gets used in the story. So Oh, no, cool. it's not sabotage. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it is sabotage. I'm telling you, like they play it as like See, a distraction. Listen to it. Fucking listen to 
<laughs> I'm right. I'm right. So there's there is some significance to know about that. Believe it or not, um, BC Boys usually don't let a lot of people use their music for advertising. Um, it's just something that they've always done. Um, and but they have music videos themselves where they're parodying Star Trek. Um, so they were oh. actually okay for once, you know, letting their music be in a movie because it's like one of the movies that inspired a lot of the lyrics and a lot of their raps and definitely inspired a lot of their music videos. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, it's actually kind of a, a big deal because there's other people that use their music in a commercial and didn't ask them and they sued them and made them take it off. So it's, a, Damn, you know, that's, that's how serious they are about it. But, um, when it, so when it shows up in a movie, I'm like, oh man, like it literally gets like their endorsement. Dude, um, um, it's, it's even longer and beyond. Like it's, it's actually written into the script. Yeah. It's the end of that. It's the end of that battle where Idris Elba is yeah. at. Is that right? I so it is that fucking was, sabotage. I'm telling you. I thought it. I thought it was intergalactic. I'll have to look it up here in a minute. Fucking noob. <laughs> you, said, you said something about suing somebody for for a copyright. I could feel. I could feel Zoheb's lawyer nipples getting hard. <laughs> So, so my next note here is, well done, kid. You nearly mufasted yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> Off the fucking cliff. Um, I dig this cop butt, and the bike reminds me of that bike from the island. Uh, see, that bike? Yeah, see, I was thinking Looper. This whole thing reminded uh, me of Looper a little bit, like countryside, Iowa, you know, a little bit of like old school meets like future tech kind of thing. Uh, but this obviously predates Looper as well. So take me home, country road. <laughs> <laughs> to the place. I don't know. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, we, Conway Twitty. <laughs> and then, like, I'm just going to insert like a 20 minute Conway Twitty performance here. Colin, um, did you know that Conway Twitty is buried in the graveyard, like right down the road from here? Seriously? I swear to God. Yeah, that's crazy. Hmm. Let's go visit him. Lay some family guy rates over there. It's yeah, okay. Um, Vulcan, uh, we meet the nerds, right? And we meet Spock. He's bullied. Imagine being bullied by super nerds. Yeah. <laughs> I presume you've prepared new insults for today. Ima- like, affirmative. Okay, fuck off, kid. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good line. He's like, he's like <laughs> the total mass inertia of your mother's gravity, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, a, like a terrible, your mama's your, so fat joke. Your mama's so fat joke. <laughs> uh, so basically, they're trying to elicit an emotional response from Spock. Uh, it works when you... It, it actually works when you call his mother a whore. Who, who would have thought that, right? Yeah, right. Um, yeah. What is, yeah. Works, who, when does that happen? Ever? It works. It works all. It works all the time, even for aliens. Um, Spock has a has a conversation with his father. A fa- father. <laughs> Hello, mother. Hello, father. Hello, father. Here I am at Camp Granada. Um, played by Ben Cross, not to be confused with David Cross. Um, about the control of feelings, so that do, they do not control you. Um, hey, by the way, that advice would have helped me in some real failed relationships back in the day. Yeah, thanks, right. thanks, thanks, Star Trek. Um, but man, there's some really good lines here. You are fully capable of deciding your own destiny. The question you face is which path will you choose? Um, and I've been digging the whole destiny thing, man, lately. I just I don't know why. Becoming the person you are meant to be and making the right right decisions to end up where you were always meant to be. Um, and like that kind of part of it kind of is, is a Star Wars thing, I think, inherently. Like the whole, um, you know, looking out at the two sunsets and deciding who you're going to be and like what what decisions you're going to make in your life to like end up where you, where you are. Fulfill like that- your destiny. Right, exactly. It's a very Star Wars thing to bring to Star Trek, but um, I don't, I don't know. It might have happened in the old movies. I don't know. But 
but I just thought it was cool. Uh, and we meet pre-Stranger Things, but post-Kleptomaniac Winona Ryder as Spock's mother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's still hot, by the way. I say, yeah, you could try all you want. Try all you want to make her not look hot, but she's yeah. still she's still going to be hot. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, she's still, I mean, come on. Um, and by the way, Zachary Quinto as Spock. Can we talk about him? He's fucking fantastic. He's pretty good. He's one of the, he's one of the better parts of this movie. You can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but these these are big shoes to fill, man. Like, I mean, imagine like stepping into the the, the shoes of a, an, a, a a Han Solo in his prime. Like, I know they did a young one, but like, imagine a prime Han Solo. Imagine like doing that again. Like, that's crazy. Like, that's unheard of. Yeah, especially but, with the, when you go into Star Trek or Star Wars, those fans are unforgiving as fuck. Hell yeah. When you mess that hell up, yeah. dude. So fucking and angry. And it says something that Zachary Quinto's Spock was pretty well received by everyone. Like, you know, you don't hear a lot of complaints about his performance. No. Um, right. So I, I just thought that was really, really fantastic. Um, but yeah, Spock is accepted accepted into Vulcan Science Academy, but he rejects it when the elders refer to his mother as a disadvantage. Uh, live long and prosper. By the way, these guys are dicks. I'm sorry. You can be logical all you want and have no emotion, but you know when you're being a dick. <laughs> Isn't his dad um, one of the council members? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. His dad doesn't say anything. Fuck that. Yeah. Uh, we go back to Iowa, this bar scene. We meet Uhura, played by Zoe Saldana. Oh, yeah. uh, by the way, this was a big year for her with Avatar as well. Um, this was a massive year, actually. Um, she gets suggested the Slusho mix by the bartender, and Slusho is a JJ thing, pretty much like how Pixar have AA113. A- oh, yeah. Um, it's just kind of like a trademark, director trademark. And we meet sleazy Chris Pine as James Kirk. <laughs> I do like the the back and forth. <laughs> I love I love Zoe like just pretty much being like her drinks on her. Thank you, but no, thank you. <laughs> um, the alien in the middle is the is the ball chinian of Star Trek. By the way, like he must be right. <laughs> like he, he's just got this. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so basically, Kirk's hitting on Uhura. It turns out he's a bit wittier and clever clever than he looks, and he gets into these into a brawl with uh, Cupcake and his buddies. I'm just going to call him Cupcake. Uh, this fight is pretty brutal, actually. Just the way it's like filmed, like everything's just going everywhere, glass breaking everywhere. <laughs> yeah, see, so, at, at first I thought he totally had all of them because they're all wearing red. I'm like, shit, they'll all be dead by the end of this fucking fight. He'll just beat all of them to death. Because at first he's kind of like, dude, he's kicking some ass, but you know, it's fucking like what four or five dudes. It's like, dude, you're going down inevitably. But right. at, at first yeah. it's like he's gonna wind up just like punching one dude, and his head's just gonna rip off, and he's gonna be like, fuck everybody in fucking red every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. By the way, uh, that well, we'll get to it when we get to it. I'll, I'll bring it up later. Um, so bring some war, guys, and then it'll be an even fight. Yeah. <laughs> I always dug that. Um, and I always liked how the camera kind of held on the guy's fist and then pans up to Bruce Greenwood as Captain Pike. It's a good like, shot. That was, it, it is a cool shot. By the way, man, I fucking love Bruce Greenwood. Yeah, like, great. This guy is awesome, and I'm so glad that he's in this one and the sequel as well. Like, um, He's just got that, that commanding voice. He was uh, he was Overlord in Modern Warfare 3, like the guy who'd like give you missions and like do the voiceover in multiplayer and things like that. Oh, that's cool. Just always thought that his voice was incredible, man. He's just got this this commanding voice. Um, but yeah, man, I love this scene. So Pike tells Kirk about his dad not believing in no win scenarios and leaping without looking. Pike encourages Kirk to enlist in Starfleet and basically tells him that he can be an officer in four years and having his own ship in eight. And again, man, the lines here are fantastic. Your father was a captain for, of a starship for twelve minutes. He saved eight hundred lives. I dare you to do better. Yeah. And at this point, at this point, I just wrote, "I love Bruce Greenwood." 
Yeah, he has a, a very good charismatic voice who always grabs your attention. And he plays the, uh, I think, a perfect character in this to uh, set him straight, you know? A great mentor character, yeah, for right. sure. Uh, Kirk ends up going to the shuttle launch point and tells Pike that he'll be an officer in three years. And uh, I love the Ades gentleman to Cupcake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, dude, this is where we get the always awesome Carl Urban as Leonard Bones McCoy. Dude, yeah. Carl Urban. Like, we've talked about him on Dread, but he's fucking awesome. I... I don't know, man. I'm not like I, I actually and that's what sucks is like I do like Carl Urban and Carl Urban's cool, but I, I don't like this character. I don't like that. I, I like I think it's mainly in just the way that he talks. I don't know what it is that's so odd about it. Like, I know he's an Australian actor, but I know he doesn't. New Zealand. Have, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, fucking same thing. Whatever. It's not uh, the same thing. <laughs> it's, it's like Ireland and Scotland. No. It's the same shit. It's like they Ireland. fuck shape. They fuck shape over there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I love that that's the distinction. Like, that's the one thing. He's like, we're alike in all other ways yeah, except for the fact the first... that we don't fuck sheep. <laughs> that's one of the first paragraphs in Wikipedia when you go to those two countries. Yeah. It's like, it, go to New Zealand, definitely not Australia. It's like the first thing that pops up. Um, but I, I, I don't... Um, I, I don't I don't mind Carl Urban. I think Carl Urban's a fine actor. I loved him in Dread, and I know he's great. But there's something about the way that he talks that is so odd to me, and I don't know what it is. Like he's so over exaggerating with a lot of the stuff that he's saying, and, and the and the way that he makes his voice sound. I'm like, now you sound like someone who's putting on an accent to me, and I don't know hmm. I don't know what it is about it that comes across as very unnatural. But like in Dread, he's awesome. He like everything else I've seen him in, he's fine. This is the only this is the first thing that ever saw him in and I was like I'm not gonna lie I just don't really care for that I, 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 I don't know what it I is I think and, he's supposed to be scruffy kind of a callback to the original character because yeah. I do remember that about the original Doctor is that he seems a little bit um, you know it's almost like he has other places he's gotta be and he's only dealing with being a doctor to put up with stuff you know right, like right. Um, damn it I'm you know I'm a doctor Jim not a you know scientist or whatever so I always kind of thought that he was very similar to him in that aspect it helped me remember who he was in the previous uh, Star Trek stuff that I'd very very uh, slight, slightly seen. Yeah, I, I I think I agree with Danny. Like uh, like he he's trying to embody this character who again literally doesn't want to be there. Like he's got better places to be. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I can you know what Colin? I did pick that up the first time I saw it, and I think I just grew into this character because of the sequels as well. Like the more you get to know this character as well, I kind of like fell into it a little bit more. Uh, yeah, and because I, I, you don't you don't because you don't have that. Maybe that's why you're pushing up against it a little. Maybe yeah, because I do. I want to like him. He's a cool character. It's just the way that he's portrayed and approached that I don't mm. really care for and I don't think it's a, I don't think it's anything in the writing I think it's in the performance for, for me personally that's fair enough so you're wrong right that's, that's all good cut to three years later um, massive massive time jump um, the narrator arrives at a targeted location but there's nothing there uh, what do you guys think of Eric Banner as Nero I thought it was Mark Ruffalo <laughs> I didn't know who that was supposed to be and then I looked at the IMDb credits and was like oh Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, that was obviously a big thing here because Eric Banner's Australian. So, like, when we found out, when I found out that uh, an Aussie would be playing a bad guy in fucking Star Trek, I was, like, stoked. Uh, I think we're I like finding him, out why Zoheb really likes this film then. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, like, he's, I think Nero is the one of the weakest parts of this movie. Um, like, yes. I just, I don't think there's, there's enough to him. Like, I get the whole vengeance plot, um, but I don't think there's enough to him. I would like to see a bit more. 
And judging from the trailers, like there are a lot of shots in the trailers where that weren't included <laughs> of Nero. Um, mm. Like there's a whole scene of him basically in prison uh, and there's a whole like in the first trailer, even at the end, like before the title card, it's like the wait is over. And then like that's not even in the movie. So um, I do think there was a lot of stuff that was, that was kind of cut. Um, but hey, I guess it's just the yeah. way things go sometimes. He, he just happens to be uh, the just the stepping stone in the whole setup, I guess, of this universe then, right? Right. Right. Exactly. And, you know, they don't really because I know JJ wanted to like he must have wanted to use Khan as the villain from this from the jump. But you can like tell that like because the way he treats Khan in the sequel, by the way, Khan, for uh, those of you that don't know, he's uh, probably one of the most uh, most iconic villains of Star Trek. Um, You're right. I think I've heard his name before I heard any other names. Right. And uh, like the way he uses Khan in the sequel is a little like better handled than it is here with Nero. Um, but yeah, that's a whole nother can of worms that I'll talk about maybe in a future episode one day. Um, but yeah, uh, they see Spot Prime ship come through the black hole and capture that ship. And then we come back to the Academy. Uh, Kirk wants to take the Kobayashi Maru again. Uh, he has I sex love with that the green. name. What's funny is I don't remember a lot about this movie, but I remember the Kobayashi Maru. I remember, Do you remember that word. because of the usual suspects. Yeah, no, <laughs> see, Kob- Kobayashi is what I like. Um, the Kobayashi is immediately what I what I started thinking of. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fucking God, that's a whole other can of worms from fucking Kevin Spacey right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, by the way, listeners, we were <laughs> we were throwing out movies to cover, right? And like we wanted to cover the Usual Suspects for so fucking long, and I threw out, hey, what about the Usual Suspects without thinking about what's happening to Kevin Spacey right now? And uh, Colin, you were like, no, let's shut this shit down. I was like, but, like, what like, the last- fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> the, like the last time, the last time I threw out fucking the Usual Suspects, it was Brian Singer in the fucking spotlights. <laughs> I can't yeah, fucking no, win yeah. that movie. <laughs> Can't fucking win with that movie. I love that. Um, I love that. That. Uh, that. Uh, Zoe, Zoe Saldana. Sorry. I, I, I keep. I almost said Zoe Kravitz because that's the first Zoe I think of. Um, <laughs> Zoe. Zoe Saldana when she comes in. I love that he's begging a chick that looks kind of like Gamora. <laughs> like, like, like she walked in. She's like, "What are you doing with my suit on?" And she like takes her skin off. She's like, "I'm sorry." Here, like it's a pair of earrings, or like a pair of shoes. Like, who said you could borrow my exoskeleton? She like has to, she, like, has to hand her her skin back. Thanos. Thanos walks in. What are you doing with my daughter? <laughs> I have two daughters, perfectly balanced as it all should be. You don't want to bang the other one because she's a robot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Kirk's having sex with his green woman, uh, who, by the way, is played by Rachel Nichols. She's from G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra. If any of you guys have seen that, it's not a great movie. But hey. <laughs> I was just about, don't give a shit. <laughs> hey, man, it was a $200 million movie, okay? Obviously, I had to watch it because it was it was not great. <laughs> you know how many um, people looked up the budget for that? You and the people that lost money on it. Yeah, probably. That's You know what? You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, that's fucking great. <laughs> Uh, Uhura walks in. She takes off her clothes. Okay, fine. We have to make him look sexy. Uh, Uhura walks in and here uh, and Kirk overhears that a Klingon Amada was destroyed. And at this point, I, would, I just wrote Uhura is hot. <laughs> um, the Kobayashi Maru scene. I love this scene, man. Pine is Pine's great here. Like I just love his uh, his his overconfidence and like he should be overconfident, but like he's just so 
so smug <laughs> about you know, knowing that he's going to win this. Yeah, well, yeah, but well, I, I love they're locking they're locking weapons on us. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting about this is there's uh, there's apparently a scene I think in uh, it might have been the second Star Wars or Star Wars. God damn it! Uh, like this the first uh, yeah the second Star Trek is that's Wrath of Khan, um, and in it there's William Shatner eating an apple as they're going through this kind of like uh, thing uh, and and J.J. No, Abrams well J.J. Abrams is like that's not intentional. He's like I just, I've always just heard that if you have somebody in this stressful situation just acting chill and just eating something, that's like the most, that's like the chillest thing you can do while something terrible is going on. Because like to have any kind of appetite shows that just how calm you are. I was like, oh, that's actually really hmm. fucking smart. That makes a lot of sense. Well, dude, I just wrote in my notes that he chased the Kobayashi Maru and he eats an apple to look even more like an asshole. Yeah. So yeah, he does cheat this, right? Because the power goes right. down, it comes yep. back up. He cheats okay. it. He hacks it. Yeah. This is this is him cheating it so like when they do the like in the next scene when they do the disciplinary hearing like that actually is him cheating it um so yeah it turns out the test was created by spock and then we get a disciplinary session run by tyler perry <laughs> which is weird uh, i feel so also, comfortable knowing that the galaxy's in Ter- tyler perry's hands me too me too um by the way this is also his um actual first film role um that's not you know his own little independent movie and really? so um, now he made 18 movies in the next three years <laughs> oh my god Medea goes to jail. <laughs> yeah, Medea files her taxes. Medea oh, scared god. stupid. Uh, the talented Mister Medea. Uh, <laughs> like just all but these fucking what, different movies. He pops up in like the random, the most random but really great movies. Like okay, for me, I love this movie, right? But Gone Girl, and he's also in Vice, the one with um, fucking Dick Cheney. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah. He's he he plays Colin Powell. I fucking knew it, dude. I was gonna say, well, oh, what did they get him playing Colin Powell? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Of course I did. Yeah. Um, but this scene says a lot about Kirk. Uh, you know, it says that he doesn't believe in no-win scenarios. And, like, I, I do love this interplay. Because the the chemistry between Spock and Kirk is fantastic in this. I love these two together. Um, it's it's great. Like, it, it comes into it a lot later. And I don't think there's enough of it in this movie. But I do think it's great. Um, Spock says that Kirk, Kirk, of all people, should know that a captain can't cannot cheat death. And that the test is supposed to make you feel death in the, uh, death in the face of certain... Sorry, fear in the face of death, certain death. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, the disciplinary session is interrupted by a distress call from Vulcan. And this is where... What I like about this movie is that there's no, <laughs> like... <laughs> Shut up, man. It's obviously you know, going to be a suck mess for me. No, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, like, it'd be funny if it showed what Tyler Perry was reading on there, and it was like a text oh. message form, and it was like, you up. He's like, I have to go. <laughs> uh, he's like, he's like, the fate, of the, the fate of the universe is at risk, but i got to get some booty. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, uh, we get to the shuttle bay. They didn't assign back to a ship. I got to live long and prosper. Oh, yeah. Well, do they know that? Oh, well, I guess they do because they are Vulcan. But no, whatever. it's a sexual thing. Oh. Like, that's what he... Just keep going. God. It's <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing. Oh, uh, hilarious. Hilarious. Who invited this guy? It's like Danny <laughs> dying on a battlefield and so him goes through. He's like, go! <laughs> He's like, okay. The battlefield of dead jokes. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're right there, Ginger. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just, man, I was drinking water right when you said, like, the Arlington of our shitty bad jokes. And I fucking just started joking. <laughs> oh, man. Um, 
They didn't assign Kirk to a ship because he's grounded and McCoy ends up helping Kirk begrudgingly. Uh, and Uhura is pissed that she didn't get assigned to the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. She speaks to Spock because they're fucking. Yeah, um, I, I, dude, I didn't catch that until way later on, like after mm. she goes into the ele- elevator with him. Like I kind of got that they were like closer, like cl- mm-hmm. closer than any of these other characters are. But I think it, that was kind of a cool revelation to me later on. I didn't see that coming just because they do I hold it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought it was cool. They they kind of held that back that because this you could easily it's the really the only romantic element in the movie and I think it's cool that uh, it doesn't take so much of a forefront they could have pushed it a lot harder and started it a lot sooner but they didn't and I like that actually I think that's one of the cooler parts of the movie I think that line the line that kind of gives it away is when Spock's like you know it was a it was an attempt to avoid favoritism like that might be something that gives it away but I, like that's that's only if you kind of already know like that's, right yeah. see I t- I took that as just like oh so she's one of the best ones and they, they mm-hmm. don't want to they don't want to think that he's just always giving her the best shit because she's one of the best ones yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um and mccoy keeps injecting kirk with weird shit <laughs> he's like stop it um but yeah he's able to get kirk onto the shuttle via some admin bullshit um and i love the reveal of starfleet hq and the Enter- enterprise like the effects are outstanding and the music just the way it flares up um it's great it's awesome for sure uh and then we get the uh we're, we're in the enterprise we meet sulu and chekov so sulu is played by john cho obviously of harold and kumar fame but if you guys haven't already check out a movie that just came out called searching uh, matt and i talked about it on the upcoming attractions that is fantastic and um you know john cho is definitely a great actor in that movie but the person i really want to talk about is uh, anton yelchin as chekov <laughs> Poor guy, man. This guy passed away at the age of 27 in 2016. And the way he passed away is, oh, it's insane. Yeah, car pinned him against his driveway after it fell out of gear. Is that correct? Yeah, it was a freak accident. After he exited his car, it was a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Um, The vehicle rolled back down his driveway, which is on a steep incline, and it trapped him against a pillar and a security fence. And, you know, in a lawsuit that followed, Jeep recognized that the Cherokee models had a flow uh, a flaw in their gear shift design and that there had been a high number of unusual rollaway incidents so Dang. it kind of like sparked this whole recall I guess which is insane see and I'd even heard that that yeah he was he was stopped I think he was getting his mail and uh, yeah it was, it was a jeep right I, I think yeah um, and it rolled and it rolled back on him and killed him but that his recall notice was in the mail not that he was oh. not, not that he was physically getting right then but that it was in the system like it was on the way to him. Um, oh, that's eerie. Be- right. And it sucks because this is a kid who everyone's like, oh, yeah, what is this, like Star Trek and Friday Night? He's in fucking Hearts in Atlantis back in the day with Anthony Hopkins, which is a, it's a based off a Stephen King novel that's it's really, really, really fucking good if you've never seen it. But it, mm-hmm. it made me sad, man, because, like, this guy's only, like, a year older, younger than me. You know, we're only about a year off. And I was like, man, here's this guy, prime of his life, making all these, you know, making all these great movies. He's Dude, fucking check off. Big movies. You know? Yeah. He's in Terminator. He plays fucking Kyle Reese. God, did, did now huh. did he did he do anything? Like, did he do Beyond or Into Darkness? Was he alive no. for any of those? Okay, he uh, he passed away in 2016, so he wouldn't have been uh, able to for Beyond. Oh, maybe no, no, he wasn't. He wasn't um, Into Darkness. Uh, actually, yeah, no, he wasn't Beyond. Sorry, fuck, I'm I'm, I'm losing my mind. But yeah, he wasn't Beyond. Yeah, so Was he? yeah, he definitely he finished off the trilogy. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, but actually, speaking of which, by the way, um, Colin, you mentioned earlier that Star Wars is bigger now than Star Trek. Um, you're definitely correct because, as you know, the 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 past two movies of Star Wars have been pretty criticised. You know, they have their fans. I love them both. Um, you know, Last Jedi and Solo. But um, Star Trek Four, it was announced literally just two days ago that it's been shelved permanently. Oh, um, yeah. So this this um, they call this the 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 Kelvin timeline. So um, yeah, the fourth one in this Kelvin timeline has been shelved. So that's I guess you know that's I guess the popularity of Star, of Star Trek right now. But you know it's doing well on TV. Apparently Star Trek Discovery is fantastic. Um, so it, it is you know it is still chugging along. So yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, Anton Yelchin. Every time I see this kid, I just kind of like it. It, it hits me. I'm like this guy was super young. Um, but yeah, course laid in, which is obviously a very Star Trek thing. Love the sound. Love the sound design of the ships just warping away um, and the Enterprise stalls Spock tells Sully to disengage the external dampener and yeah sure it's a little convenient that this happens so they arrive late like this has to happen it is a little convenient what do you think Colin fucking ale of the episode <coughs> sorry say it again uh, so you know how they stall before they go to warp yeah I, I actually didn't mind this part I actually thought it was it was pretty funny because we're so used to you know set phasers to stun and jump to warp drive and blah blah and to see that kind of like stall a little bit I thought I, I don't know I thought it was great comedic relief because this movie does have a lot of comedic stuff and uh, I, I mean a lot of it doesn't work for me but this is one of the few things that did and I thought it was fucking hilarious especially it's like have you ever piloted anything before he's like yes sir <laughs> like, it, it seems like such an amateur mistake I was like that's fucking hilarious I love that it's Spock that's like correcting him and I, I love like when he kind of like rolls his eyes and he's like oh fuck this guy already <laughs> yes yeah. Spock, Spock is like the Hermione Granger at Hogwarts Right. Right. <laughs> right, right. Um but yeah, punch it and uh check off five five week to the week to two. Dude, his some of that shit is so over the top. Like, it come is. on, dude. Like it is. But I think it might have been in the in the original. I'm not sure. I'm dude, not sure. I just in Soviet Russia, US Enterprise <laughs> not come to you. Like like his his shit was so fucking thick. Like at one point he's just like skinning potatoes for vodka. Like, come on, dude. God damn it. Like I just wanted at to one point there's just like haggis hanging out of his mouth yes. in soviet russia i was in gulag <laughs> my good my good friend reznov oh fucking hell black ops two one two three i did all three ah, fucking hell ah, 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 <laughs> look at the game. newest Russian car crash compilation video i posted on youtube <laughs> one I nipple fuck- ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> two nipple. Uh, 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 three nipple. Uh, uh, oh shit! I gotta get out of here. I actually, uh, I actually, <laughs> three nipple. Uh, um, <laughs> I actually, dude. I I watch some of those car crashing fail sometimes, and they're always <laughs> fucking rushing, dude. That is so fucking funny. You said that. I've been watching those like crazy. <laughs> Uh, Kirk, Kirk overhears Chekhov talking on the PA system about the lightning storm in space and wants to stop the ship because they're flying into a trap. Uh, and then we yep. see this massive laser drill digging into Vulcan and Nero is told that the Federation ships are on their way. Uh, right, yeah. Kirk tells Pike that they have to stop the ship. I this Okay, so there are moments in this movie that still give me goosebumps and this sequence is one of them. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're panicking with them. Yeah, like, <laughs> and it, and and the whole reason they were, you know, in an almost cliche way, paused earlier, uh, immediately comes to fruition when they come out of this, right? Right, like the way, dude, like the way Abrams builds this up, like they're just kind of arguing. I love Spock and Kirk arguing. Kirk says that there's this attack by, um, there's an attack by the Romulans, and it's not a rescue mission. Um, and he's <laughs> he's like to Pike, I read your dissertation. You know all about this. Uh, like what happened on the day, the day my father died. Um, and then I just love, you know, the, the stakes just kind of ramping up, right? Like, they've lost all contact yeah. with the other ships. Uh, you know, and, and basically Pike is convinced. And, I, I dude, I love fucking, I get a boner every time Pike's like, shields up, red alert, and then they come out of warp and that sound effects of them coming out of warp and they're all just like, it pulls out and you just see the, the ship like maneuvering and Pike's just like emergency evasives. It's fantastic. I love this moment. What do you think, yeah. Colin? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, thought, I thought this was cool. I actually, like you said, earlier i think pike is one of the standout parts of this um he 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 definitely is more of like the like the uh, like the yoda kind of older like <clears throat> he strikes me as i know this is going to be a weird comparison but um you guys have obviously seen shawshank redemption right yeah, at some point okay um we, we just watched that over a christmas break fucking great best one of the best movies of all time um but what uh pine uh, or not pine uh, god damn it um the 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 like the the guy who's captain right now is it pine isn't it like because see when i say pine i'm thinking chris pine i'm not thinking like the actual like captain of it um but but like i i love the captain of this ship just because it's um like j- just because his relationship kind of reminds me of like the older andy dufresne and then tommy is like uh. Kirk's character like the the younger brash hmm. kind of and you need someone who's who's intelligent but at the same time he's got a lot of uh one of, <clears throat> a lot of heart and like a lot of fire to him because earlier on when he's talking to him he's like yeah you know you're dad was one of the best captains you know blah 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 and you know he never thought of a no-win situation and then later on as you can tell that 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 james james kirk is a little bit more resilient you know about being you know compared to his father he's kind of like yeah you know i dare you to try to go do something like he's kind of got a little push to him he's not mm. this like old guy who you can push over and oh i remember the good times he's like no you're 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 wasting your fucking life he's like you could do right. a lot more than that i'm like that's cool i like that he's he's pushing him like he it's uh, it's kind of like just positive criticism i guess you know i and I, I like that a lot he's got an old uh, old kind of wisdom to him but he looks like he'd fucking really fucking throw a punch you know like yeah, looks like, he, looks like that, he'd yeah. fuck you up a little bit yeah yeah he's got he's got some really cool um he's got a cool sequence in, in the second one especially um where he talks to kirk in a bar and is um like exactly what you said colin like he's kind of got this like positive but negative push <laughs> to, to kirk <laughs> officer pike see i kept wanting to say pine because of chris Pine, uh, Officer Pike. There we go. Sorry. Yeah, Pike. You did say Pike literally seconds before that. I think yeah. I said Pine. I thought I fucked it up. Either way, whatever. <clears throat> whatever. Whatever. Uh, they basically warp into a, a graveyard. Like, this This is awesome, man. Just this the maneuvering. Yeah. Uh, the Narada fires on the Enterprise and starts fucking them up. And Spock tells Sp- uh, Pike that the signal from the drill is blocking their transporter abilities. Um, and Nero recognized the Enterprise. He hails the Enterprise and tells Pike that, they, that he doesn't speak for the Empire. He recognizes recognizes Spock, but tells him that they're not acquainted yet. And Nero wants Pike to come aboard the Narada for, uh, air quotes, negotiations. <laughs> not unlike what happened to uh, Captain Rabo at the start of the movie, right? What's, yeah. what's the name of your ship? Uh, the Guantanamo Bay. That's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the USS Enhanced Interrogations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you about? What is that syringe you're putting on my neck? It's freedom. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, dude. If you think that's hilarious, you got to check out Vice. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, man. That, that fucking movie does look great. Like, Dick Cheney has had a insane life, man. Like, I mean, whether or not you agree with all that shit, what an interesting life, you know? All I can say is watch it. Like, the movie is fantastic. I fucking love Sam Rockwell. Oh, yeah. He's great, isn't he? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why do we sound like Bill Clinton right now? <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Um, but anyway... Uh, <laughs> we're fucking idiots um, Miro tells his boy to prepare the red matter and uh, Pike tells them that they have to space jump from the shuttle destroy and disable the drill and get back to the USS Enterprise Kirk is promoted to first officer and Spock is promoted to captain uh, by the I, way I, oh no go Colin well I was just going to say this will probably hit most home for Danny but doesn't doesn't um, doesn't Nero's second in command kind of look like Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park with a shaved head <laughs> like it's not like, I, I can was, see like, that I was like Chester uh, you know, and, and another, unfortunately, you know, very, very, very young death. Uh, I know I was a big fan of them growing up. Danny's kind of the one who got me into them. But this whole thing, these, this, like, I could just see Chester Bennington in the background of being one of these guys, and nobody would ever pick up on it. You know, being like, oh no, there's phasers down or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> the guy that plays um, the, the the second in command, um, like the character's name is Al, but he's played by Clifton Collins Jr. So he's been in a few things. He's been in uh, West. World has been in Pacific Rim. Uh, he's been in uh, fuck. I can't even like tell you another movie that you guys would know because you don't watch fucking Westworld. Uh, Pacific Rim was was the last thing you said that I would have known oh, him yeah. from. Okay, well, whatever. But yeah, he's good, man. I like him. Um, but he's did this this dropout sequence of them falling down that tether is badass. Yeah, remember when I talked about goosebump moments? This is another one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pike tells them that they have to space jump from the shuttle, destroy, and disable the drill. Um, and dude, I wrote here, engineer Olsen is a weirdo. <laughs> Like I can't can't wait to kick some Romulan ass. Like all right. Like he's he's just so excited. He's just so fucking keen. To be fair, everybody should have seen this death coming because oh, what yeah. color is he wearing? Red. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it, and it, it's it's funny because like in my notes, this is where I wrote down like they all suit up in their Go Go Power Ranger armor because like <laughs> it, it, it looks it looks like like I'm not gonna lie, I was a huge Power Rangers fan growing up. Oh, like I yeah. watched Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, you know, Neo, uh, Power Rangers Turbo, and then there was like Lost in Space, and that's kind of what these suits remind me of. I was like, Hell oh, yeah. this reminds me of that weird fifth season where they're all aliens. What kind of combat training do you have? Fencing. (laughs) And of course, Uh, they give the Asian dude a katana. uh, I was like, ah, fuck uh, you. (laughs) It's like the first thing they gave him was a chopstick, and he's like, hey, fuck you, dude. I'm not using this shit. See, but you know what it is? It's also kind of like one of those things where they're trying to um, tell you that this is not the character that you know. (laughs) Like, this is not just the fucking pilot. Like, this is a this this guy is like proficient. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those like, reboot things, right? Right. They're kind of. I mean, they're also giving them a little bit more backstory. You sure. know, um, like with Zoe Saldana's character, they give you know tell her that she's proficient in all these different languages and stuff. It's like that's cool. So they're not just like, oh, she stands over here and looks pretty and presses buttons. It's like no, sure. she actually does something on the fucking show, yeah. dude. Exactly. Um, but yeah, man. Oh, the space jump. Holy shit. The build up to this is fantastic. And man, the space jump itself is brilliant. I love how the music just 
just drops out and it's just their breathing. And then you get like these like little bits of like sound. So the whooshing of the drill as they go past it. Um, and again, the breathing, but like just this, like the, the way the camera like pulls back and then it zooms in on them as they're flying down. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Especially the tops of their helmets blacking. Yeah. It's like they're farther. Like I was like, God, that's fucking cool. Like I've said it a thousand times. I love battle damaged armor looking stuff. It's like, yeah. Oh, that's fucking cool, man. Um, one thing uh, just randomly too, that I also like, I like the vulnerability of these ships. It always seems like when you're watching like the original Star Trek or uh, next gen or deep space nine or Voyager or whatever, that these ships take so much damage, but you never see anybody having to repair them. Absolutely. You never see these explosions. Hmm. Like, and you actually see it in this, like it, it, they're very vulnerable. You're fucking, you're flying a, a big, uh, you know, a, tin a giant. Yeah. 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 You're a big tin cam with something explosive strapped to the back of it. And, and you're actually kind of vulnerable. And that's one of the cool things about this movie that I liked. I, I wish they could take a little bit more damage, but I do like the fact that they aren't invincible. I thought that was cool. It's awesome. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, there is a similar scene to this in Into Darkness. So uh, that's obviously the sequel. Um, basically, you know, they <laughs> they suit up in the, in another piece of fucking Power Ranger armor and they go through like this space. It's 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 kind of cool. But uh, again, man, this is a scene that it's it's one of the standouts for the series for me. Um, just the build of it, man. And like the, the way the music drops out, it's just fantastic. Um, go, go, Spock and Shatner. Kirk and Sulu pull their shoot, but Olsen, the asshole, is having too much trouble. <laughs> He's having too much fun and he pulls through late, bounces off the surface of the drill and straight into the drill beam. See ya. See ya. <laughs> I, I would laugh if someone's like, oh, by the way, he was blind. I don't know why he was jumping in. I, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> Did you guys let Frank tr- uh, jump? He's been medically blind for seven years. Dude. <laughs> he has a fucking seeing eye dog for fuck's sake. Can't you see? <laughs> like, where? The dog goes flying by them in a suit. They're like, oh, shit. This is usually our time when we do our VR exercises. He loves doing those. Like, he thought that was a game the whole time. They're like, we're going to die. He's like, oh, I'm having a great time. <laughs> Kirk and Sulu get into a scuffle with a couple of Romulans. Uh, Sulu is badass, man. I like I like his sword and uh, yeah. the way it comes out and shit. Turns out uh, Olsen had the charges, so Kirk and Sulu start firing at the beam, which seems to work, and transporter control is back. Uh, at this point, Nero launches the red matter because they've reached the planet's core, uh, and Chekhov says that they're creating a singularity that will consume the pan- planet. Fucking pants-shitting moment right there. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, Spock wants to rescue the Vulcan City Council and his uh, parents. And uh, I dig the sequence, man, of them falling and Chekhov having to kind of beam them up. It's awesome. Yeah, that's fucking cool. Like, yeah. um, I do, And another thing, this is, again, I think why this reminded me of Man of Steel. These huge ships standing over a planet, firing a beam, like, straight down, like, kind of fucking with the core of it and, like, like terraforming, Hello. like how they do in, in Man of Steel. Like, I, I, I don't know why. I, I guess it's just because I watched some of it earlier today, but a lot of this is reminding me of that for some reason, even though I know that this predates Man of Steel by like three or four years. Um, but there's something about it that reminds me of Man of Steel, something visually, something about a father sending off that son, you know, being like, <clears throat> because that's 
a big part of this movie is just the fact that they're firing this this uh, this what is it red red hatter is that what red, it's called red matter <laughs> red matter there we go red Did you hatter just, like red combine matter. the fucking Alice in Wonderland character <laughs> yeah exactly yeah we're all a little mad down here um, but uh, but yeah there's something about that like these huge machines being above you know I I've been but you see that in so many movies but it's just so fresh off my mind because of Man of Steel and but I think they're both fine movies but like as I'm watching these I was like oh this is kind of weird. Like, I'm just seeing a lot of similarities between the two. I might be the only one. It might just be because it's fresh in my brain. I don't know. That, you know, I I, I didn't see any of that. But look, you, you know, now that you're mentioning it, I can see where it's coming from. But I think, I, I just, I, I don't compare you it can, to it at all. Can, it's like, you can see where it's coming from, but you got you had to have watched it in the last, like, 48 sure, hours, you know? exactly. Just because mm. I think Man of Steel beats you over the head with it by the end of it, and you're just kind of, like, exhausted. Whereas I think this kind of does a bit of a better job. Um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you look at Metropolis and Man of Steel and it's like dude okay this place literally is like a hundred feet below sea level now because you yeah. guys have fucked you guys have fucked it up well, so you said, bad you said you look at Metropolis and I'm like I can't look at Metropolis because it's fucking gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fucking just destroyed man um Spock beams down and rescues the council and dude why the fuck are they praying like there is like your your the ground is shaking beneath you and you're standing here like leave like Spock says right. later Spock says later I know at least 10,000 of us have survived so that means that some people must have got on off the planet, right? So why, like, why not these guys? Like, why not leave? Yeah, I, I was wondering about that. Mm. I didn't know if it was some kind of, like, Vulcan nobility thing. Like, we don't abandon our post. Like, um, I, like I, I, was, I wasn't really sure because I, what I really expected was Spock to go in there and then Winona Ryder and everybody else in the council would be like, no, this is our fate. This is what, you know, the, the, like, this is what we're, we're, we're here to do. You know, there's not enough time to make it, blah, blah, blah. Um, like, them kind of resigning themselves to their fate. I, it was just so funny because as soon as he shows up, they're like, yeah, fuck God, let's get out of here. Like, they just... <laughs> yeah. They just right. take off after him. They're like, "Oh, thank God this guy showed up." Yeah, it's like it's like. Did oh, anybody whoa. talk about leaving before we got here? And then they're all looking at each other. Did you book a ticket off the planet? I told you. It, it makes me think of um, now. Whose Uber is this? <laughs> Somebody call for a lift. Um, Danny, do you watch Rick and Morty? I know you do, Zoe. Uh, no, but I, it's on a man a nice watch list. Dude, there's a great episode where Rick is falling through just time, and it's just ending. And he's like, "I'm okay with this. You do good, Morty." You know. <laughs> be a scientist blah 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 and he's like I'm okay with this I can accept death and he sees this machine that's like a collar that he needs to get out and he sees it he's like he's like I'm okay I'm okay and then he sees the thing and he's like I'm not okay I don't want to die and he like <laughs> flies to it he fixes the collar straps it on and goes oh yes thank you fuck you God and fucking disappeared <laughs> that's all this reminded me of was him being like and he's like hey I can get you guys out of here They're like alright peace out God we'll see you later fucking <laughs> 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 Later's good. I'll 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 catch you later, mate. <laughs> Bye. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so Chekhov isn't quick enough to beam all of them up. Spock loses his mother. Um, I guess they just couldn't afford one on a rider anymore, but whatever. Uh, no, that's exactly yeah, why. Yeah, probably. Um, dude, I fucking love this shot of Vulcan being consumed and the Enterprise just flying away. Oh, it's yeah. It's awesome. Um, and, yeah, man, that's the end of Vulcan. I am now a member of the endangered species. Love that line. Uh, and Uhura wants to wants Spock to let it out, but Spock's Vulcan half wins out. and He says he has to continue his duty. Um, guys, what do you say we take a break around here? This is about halfway. Sounds good. Sure. Fucking awesome, guys. We will be right back.
Hey guys, it's Zoheb just breaking in the middle here. Uh, we've got a few things that we just wanted to put out there for any newcomers, or if you're not part of our growing community, maybe this could benefit you too. Firstly, we just wanted to let the newbies know about our episodes and the way Midnight Double Feature is currently structured. As you know, right now you're listening to one of our feature presentations. When we started the podcast, we basically built the show around our feature presentations. These are movies that we choose to cover and basically go through everything in the movie that's worth talking about sequentially. These episodes are generally longer, and we're definitely looking at options to spice up our feature presentations by getting guests on, very much like LSG Media's Matt Anderson in our Get Out feature presentation. We also have our upcoming attraction episodes. Typically these come out during the week and are much shorter than our feature presentations. These are hosted by Matt Vella and basically consist of a conversation between Matt and I about any movie news that's worth talking about, quick reviews of movies that are currently out in the cinemas and other hijinks. Finally, we have our special features. These are usually one-off special episodes that are mostly experimental and don't really have any specific definition. They could be a sit-down with a cast or crew member, a conversation between the hosts, or just a straight-up different thing that might not even relate to film. Before I let you get back to the episode, I just wanted to thank our listeners and supporters. We definitely couldn't have done any of this without your guys' constant support. If, for some reason, you're not a part of our growing community, head to our socials. We've got two pages on Facebook, Midnight Double Feature, which is our main page and has our formal announcements, and we also have the After Party, which is where we post memes, news, and teasers of what's next to come on Midnight Double Feature. We're also on Instagram, which is at Midnight Double Feature, and Twitter, which is at MDFPod. Thanks again for listening, guys. Back to the show. Hey, you guys. We're back. Freshly squeezed. Hey, you guys. Go. How you guys doing? Colin, Danny, welcome back. Hello. Hey. <laughs> I fucking knew it. I fucking <laughs> happens every fucking time. You know what? Next time I'm just going to say one at a time, but whatever. Um, we're diving back into Star Trek 2009, J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Um, and we're at the scene where Nero tortures Pike. Uh, basically, he needs the subspa- subspace frequencies for Starfleet's border protection grids uh, surrounding Earth. Um, this is basically, we get we get like half of uh, Nero's story. Uh, Nero tells Pike that he prevented genocide. Uh, he was off planet while the Federation did nothing, while the Rom- while Romulus was destroyed. Um, he wanted to prevent the destruction of Romulus and create a Romulus free of, of the Federation. Um, and this is where we get the Centaurian slugs, which is disgusting. Uh, I love I love uh, Nero holding up the slug to Pike. Frequencies, please, sir. Like, Banner's cool here. I like Banner here. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's that, he's fun. It's just forgettable. Yeah, it's not it's not a great villain, but um, near, like Eric Banner's performance is great. Um, even like especially later when he's just like fire everything. Like I dig yeah. it. I dig moments those moments and like like when he's like Spock. Um, <laughs> I I don't want to go past the one scene. I think right before they interrogate him of Spock and um, God, I, I I'm just gonna keep saying Gamora. God damn it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, sorry, that's why Ahura Gamora. Like I keep wanting yeah. to say it. Um, a Spock and Ahura in the elevator where she's telling him, you know, you know, basically, you know, what do you need? Like, are you okay? You know, he's like, I need everyone, you know, doing what they're doing. You know, and it's like, damn, that's fucking cool. I I, I just I I do yeah. I do 
like that scene. Yeah, no, it mm-hmm. is it is cool to see him kind of like fighting between his two kind of like uh, I guess natures. Like he's got the human side that's the emotional part of him, and then he's got the Vulcan side that's the more logical like let's press down and keep doing our duty uh, part of him. Yeah, like I love that he's kind of like battling with those two things, um, and it doesn't come out till later. Um, like the the, the full on human emotion part of it. Um, it's cool, man. Like like that's the part of the story that I like. Like the yeah, it probably would have been boring if he was just too robotic. Like <laughs> the way that I think those are supposed to, supposedly supposed to be. If he's like full, like Vulcan is always very logical and not probably very not entertaining to watch. Right. Um, probably for two hours, right? So it makes him a lot more relatable um, and a lot more fun to right. watch. And and even just more interesting as a character, like someone who's like wrestling with this internal debate. Um, like I dig that shit. Um, right. So uh, we're back to the Enterprise, and, it's, oh, and you know, like one other thing, like it's interesting you point that out. Like, he, you know, he—it's not like there's a lot of his race left um, to really be upset with him if he didn't really confine like to those Vulcan ways. He's still trying to like, uphold it out of pride. It's just uh, really says a lot about his character, sure. you know. Um, yes, I, I think Spock was really well written in this movie, man. Like he's great. Um, we're back at the Enterprise, out of the chair. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Spock theorizes that Nero is from the future. Uh, and uh, Spock wants to gather the staff, gather with Starfleet, but Kirk says that they have to be unpredictable and catch up with an errata. Um, and Spock says that an alternate reality has occurred. Their destinies have changed. At this moment, uh, at this moment, you're like, okay, so this is not a prequel. So at this moment, um, I did read in the trivia a lot of like fans kind of like got a bit upset because they're like, um, so this isn't the the way that things really happened in the past of Star Trek that we've that they've been told. Um, uh, like in subsequent Star Trek movies, right? Um, yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard from one Star Trek fan that I used to work with. Uh, he's he was a little older uh, than me, but he read a lot of the books. That continuity is like really really important to the whole Star Trek yeah. thing. Like if a book comes out, if anything comes out with Star Trek's name on there, it's like either is perfect continuity or it can't get released. Right. So the fact that this came out and that it honored that is, uh, I could see how that would probably upset people that are really big fans about stuff like right. this. Right. Yeah, but. I mean, that's not to say that that none of that continuity happened, like because it sure as shit right. did. It, no, n- like this is a whole no, different thing. That's what it's I'm trying like, to say. Yeah. This has this has to be established as well. Like I think of it, uh, like in Back to the Future Two, you know, when uh, <laughs> when Doc draws that <laughs> ultimate ultimate timeline of 1985, and he's like, Marty, this is where we are, 1985, and like basically <laughs> it's 1985, like just going to shit. But yeah, um, so. Uh, sp- <laughs> Spock, Spock and Kirk argue. Uh, Spock does the Vulcan nerve pinch, which obviously is a Vulcan thing, uh, and orders Kirk to be jet- jettisoned from the ship. Uh, yeah. And Kirk wakes up on Delta Vega. He's chased by a creature. This reminds me of the Phantom Menace. There's always a bigger fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Pretty lucky he lands on the same planet as Spock. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's you know. fucking incredible. But, but you know what? You know what? Here's the thing. So um, Nero chose that planet for Spock to be marooned on so he can see Vulcan and they're not far from Vulcan so you can assume it's the closest planet yeah that's true yeah hmm. there we go see fucking got ya Kirk runs into a cave and is rescued by Spock Prime played by the late great Leonard Nimoy um, yeah. I just wrote I love this man Two applause I have always yep. been and always sh- oh, sorry I've been and always shall be your friend <laughs> love that 
Um, Abram said uh. that it was surreal to work with Nimoy, saying that this guy has been doing it for 40 years. Um, and I guess that would be, I, I, like, totally intimidating. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's, yeah. How, do you cr- how do you critique a character that's been developed longer than you've probably been alive? Right. Yeah, I didn't think about it like that. Um, that's one of the things they said about Simon Pegg was J.J. Uh, Abrams actually just emailed Simon Pegg. Right. It was like, hey, do you want to be a part of this movie? He's like, I would have paid to have been a part of the movie. Right. He's like, I mean, I, I was like... <laughs> yeah, if someone said like, hey, can you work on Star Wars? I'd be like, I'll be homeless for that. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Don't pay me. And I think it's interesting because Pegg's been in both Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, yeah, so, right. yeah. So, well, that's thanks to, you know, yours truly at the director's right, side here. Right, of course. Um, and like, I, I think it's also important to remember that like the only movie that J.J. Abrams had made before this was Mission Impossible 3. Like he was a big TV guy. Like he obviously did Lost. He did Alias. Um, he was always a big TV guy. But yeah, this was his big, big first break. And man, this is a, a hell of a first break because this is like obviously backed by Steven Spielberg as well, um, who, who yeah. pushed him to direct this movie. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I, I love that it's Spock who convinces Kirk that Spock is actually a good person, uh, but he needs to tap into his emotional side. Like it's kind of like this whole, this whole, you know, if you think about it too hard, this whole timeline thing, then it kind of falls apart. But I do like that it's him himself giving like Kirk the tip on how to act. It's great. Mm. Um, Spock tells Kirk about Nero, so this is where we get a little bit of exposition. Uh, he does, yeah. he does it, and and I, I, I love the, uh, the the pacing in the movie right here. Just to point that out, like that's great how it cuts back and forth. Uh, feels very Star Wars, so it's almost like incidentally kind of warm up for him going to eventually do Star Wars a little sure. you know, years down the road. Absolutely, so. um, you know, Spock does the Vulcan mind meld on, on Kirk. One hundred twenty nine, yeah. one hundred twenty nine years from now, a star will explode. Spock promises Nero that Romulus will be saved but the supernova destroys Romulus. Uh, Spock shoots the red matter into the black hole and Nero and Spock are both pulled in. Uh, again, awesome fucking visuals of both ships being pulled in from both sides of the black hole. Like, I love that shit. Um, Nero waited 25 years while Spock waited seconds. Um, dude, I always like... That's crazy. I always like the time dilation liked- thing of black holes. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, Interstellar th- does this really great, well. Yeah. That's a great way to explain it. Super simple. And then you're just like, oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah, if you want to get into the, more of that, man, Interstellar does this fantastically um, because obviously that goes into like the whole theory of relativity. Like, you know, if you're down on a planet, uh, basically they come back and like the guy on the spaceships aged like 80 years while they've been down there for like an hour. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I remember that he said uh, one of the parts, the whole plots of Interstellar that I did really like about that yeah. movie was how he said how their entire plan and how confident they acted when he said, while you guys are down there investigating the planet, it's not going to take you guys very long but by the time you come back it'll have been like 20 Hell years yeah. or 10 years he goes and I'll have, I'll have figured out the formula by then and you're like dude that's crazy like that's a scientist ambition Hell and yeah. then they come back 20 years later and they're like did you finish it out and he, I think he, he of course I think he does right he's like yeah it was a couple years ago I think I got it and then I've just been tweaking or something it's, it, that is a cool uh, way to perceive time in these movies right. without having to like wheel a chalkboard out and be like okay and then draw a bunch of lines and use big words exactly it's awesome um, Spock tells Kirk in the future that Kirk knew his father uh, and uh, saw him becoming captain of the Enterprise, which is awesome. Uh, and back on the Enterprise, uh, Spock speaks to McCoy and McCoy basically questions Spock about whether sending Kirk away was a logical decision. Are you out of your Vulcan mind? Right. 
You're right. oh, I love that. Yeah, that was that was the audience laughing yeah. moment for our, for our theory. Uh, and we cut back to Spock Prime and Kirk, uh, who come upon a Starfleet outpost, and we meet Kinsa and Scotty, played by Simon Pegg. Oh, yeah. How man, much did you lose shit. your mind, Colin? <laughs> I did, man. My spirit animal, Simon Simon Pegg. What's actually really interesting is that uh, in Kentucky in November, they're doing uh, uh, another Supercon that I actually just went to, the one last year. Uh, but Nick Frost is going to be there. So, like, we're, we're, we're like, we're going to get our, like, you know, like, do the whole photo op thing with him and shit like that. And, like, that, like, that's blowing my mind to think that I've got to meet someone like Nick Frost, who's, like, one of my idols, really. I mean, like, one of my f- favorite actors in, in a movie. And, I, I, like, like I couldn't imagine being on a set working with Simon Pegg on like Star Trek, even though I'm not a big Star Trek fan. Like there's <clears throat> there's something about Simon Pegg that I've always really liked. You know, he reminds me a lot of like Adam Savage from Mythbusters, like that kind of like not not just because he's ginger, but just this, like kind of <laughs> kind of like 40 year old man who acts like a child. But it's not like it's not like he's immature. He's just like a, a man child, you know, and he, he loves this stuff. And and he can juggle, you know, doing stuff like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and and even his other stuff, like yeah. how to lose friends and alienate people and run Fat Boy Run, and then turn around and do shit like The World's End and fill out that trilogy, and then do Star Trek and Star Wars, Mission Impossible, and it's like, damn, dude, like the guy's such a great actor. Right. Um, but he's he's got some great uh, some great quotes about like being a fanboy of something, and he's like, being a fanboy is never having to admit that you're uh, embarrassed because you love something that much, and it, that's always really resonated with me. Uh, yeah. That's why I fucking, especially film. That's why I want wanted to start doing this podcast like shit like that is so inspiring so i just i i love simon Pegg, and he's one of the best parts of this movie for me because i did know the character of scotty like a little bit i did remember you know, i've given her all she's got cupped and um mm, yeah. I, I remember that very well um so it's awesome because i know how much this means to simon Pegg, and that makes me appreciate his role even more right as you were saying that man like for, for you it's simon Pegg. for me it's kevin smith they're basically the same person like they're they're both men children uh they both have the whole the whole they're, they're both kind of like champions of like um of nerddom pretty much um, yeah, yeah yeah and uh you know some uh, ambassadors of of that culture right. almost. and simon pegg's got the whole you know don't be afraid of like of the ner- of leaning into nerd culture whereas kevin smith's like um you know if you want to do something then start now and just like go straight into that shit man like like that's like for you it was simon pegg that helped you start the podcast for me it was kevin smith and they're basically the same fucking person like that's awesome yeah right both writers both actors hell everything yeah. hell yeah um but uh yeah so um spock recognizes scotty uh saying that he invents uh trans warp beaming uh the notion of trans warp <laughs> beaming is like trying to hit a bullet with a smaller bullet while wearing a bra well, fuck i fucked it up <laughs> whilst wearing a blindfold riding a horse <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that's a terrible Scottish accent. I know. <laughs> uh, I know. Oh, that was that. That wasn't it. You weren't trying, uh, were you? No, I wasn't. I don't think I was. That's mm-hmm. fine. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, no, not at all. But I love, I love how it's kind of like you know telling the audience like how fucking hard it is, like what, you, like how hard it is to beam someone yeah, on while they're of, while they're in warp. Yeah, think about being under all that pressure and having to make a decision like you know all that calculation to get that correct. Right. 
Um, Spock gives Scotty the equation for transwarp beaming, and Spock tells Kirk that it's not his destiny to come with them, and that Spock shouldn't be made uh, the the actual Spock shouldn't be made aware of the existence of Spock Prime. Um, Spock tells Kirk about the Spock, about Starfleet Re- Regulation Six One Nine, not the Ray Mysterio move, uh, the actual regulation. Um, <laughs> that one's that one's for Patrick Harrington if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a wrestling yeah, thing? I don't know much about wrestling, but yeah. I do know that. <laughs> you guys posting your weird oily man pictures in the after party Dude, and wrestling. I don't watch any wrestling, but I know that. That's all I know. Um, okay. <laughs> I love how you're like, oh, okay, I'm, sure, I don't believe you. I'm having a hard time believing Trust you. Trust me, man. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Meanwhile, Colin's fucking over there writhing. I'm literally just like slamming my head into my keyboard. Uh, so, Starfleet Regulation 619, which says that any captain who is emotionally compromised by the mission at hand must resign, said command. So, in effect, Kirk has to emotionally compromise Spock and get him to show it, which is awesome. And I just think it's fucking great oh, yeah. writing, man. Like, the one thing yeah, that definitely. Spock can't do and hasn't been able to do, Kirk has to do it. Um, and it's Spock that's telling him in the first place. Ah, oh, I love it. Um, they take off, uh, live long and prosper. Love you, Leonard Nimoy. Um... By the way, Leonard's Le- Leonard, do you know what Leonard Nimoy's last film appearance was? No. Kind of mm. sad and kind of heartbreaking. It was Transformers 3. Oh, oh. that sucks. Yeah. Um, <coughs> Scotty and Bert, uh, Kirk beam uh, to the en- Enterprise and Scotty gets stuck in the tubes. This is my least favorite part of the movie because it just goes on for way too long. Um, yeah, it feels like a Willy Wonka and the Chocolate right. Factory problem. Like, I, get that, <laughs> I get that the bridge has to, be notif- has to get the notification that there's been unauthorized access but this goes for ages. Like, I'm like, I don't need this. Um, right. Yeah. And just him being lost through the tubes just gives me this, like, but <laughs> right. Yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you get the iconic set phases to stun. Um, and fucking, of, of course. Hey, did, did, you see, did you see what they did there? You see what they did I, there? I don't know if I did. I missed it. Set set phases to stun. Did you, uh, did you get that? I missed it. Well, what did, did you get that? <laughs> <laughs> you want to come pick me up? <laughs> well, I mean, but okay. So in Star Wars, the original one, when the stormtroopers are like set, set blasters to stun or whatever, like when they stun like Leia, is that a reference? It's gotta be. I don't know. I'm not uh, like, I, I, I would assume it's probably lifted from it just because the show was w- was out way before. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I mean, I'm I'm sure they kind of lifted it from that. Um. But who knows? You know. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I don't know that either. As the official Star Wars ambassador for the channel i don't know the answer to that. dude are you serious we can fight let's fight can- over being the ambassador yeah. zoe you will you will i don't, I don't, I don't want to lose to, this i know i am Fuck this. i don't want to have to clean I'm, I'm, that mess i'm backing up. out i'm backing out danny danny will double sith marauder your ass i swear <laughs> to fucking god dude like <laughs> uh, but yeah man uh I, I love this scene with uh spock and kirk um and I love, I love Scotty. I'd rather not take sides. Yeah. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, that's good. But yeah, man, like this whole scene of like eliciting uh, the emotion. Like I, I think this is fantastic. Kirk, like both actors are fantastic here, especially Zachary Quinto. Um, Kirk's like, you feel nothing. It must not even compute for you. You never loved her. And Spock just stomps Kirk's ass. Snaps. He fucking destroys him. And I love that it's like, because uh, I, I don't anymore. But I used to read Empire. You know the magazine Empire. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just remember like this, like them doing like a feature on, on this movie. And I remember like reading an interview from Zachary Quinto and it was like, um, this is not the Spock that you know. And like, you don't associate Spock with violence or like, you know, fucking hand to hand combat. But man, when he stomps Kirk's ass here, it's like, holy fuck, this guy can throw down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you think about that. He had kind of been withholding that the whole time because Kirk had been kept pretty, pushing him, getting on yeah. his nerves, pushing him around. He's definitely pushing his nerves, um, which can't be easy, even you know as a Vulcan. I, I'm sure in that culture. So uh, pretty, pretty cool that he finally just makes him snap and makes puts him in his place, so to speak. For sure, um, yeah, half 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 Vulcan, you fucking muggle. <laughs> Spock doesn't have the ambition that Kurt does, but, um, you know, he makes up for that by having this, like, level of intelligence and tenacity without having to use it necessarily. Sure. Um, Spock concedes that he's emotionally compromised and he retires. Uh, and basically, Kurt's, Kirk sits in the captain's chair and takes command as acting captain. Um, and, dude, this was, this was in the trailer, and the, the trailer just played this up so much, and I loved it in, this, in, the, in the movie as well. But like it's just it's kind of iconic. It's pretty iconic. Like just Kirk sitting in the captain's chair, like officially for the first time. Yeah. It's awesome. And almost like just that real comfy look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it looked just the chair fits him. Right. I'm saying. I love dude. Oh, sorry. I, well, I was gonna say the chairs on this bridge are so like when you hit warp, do you just like. Vroom! <laughs> go like spinning out of the fucking chair because like I couldn't imagine hitting whatever speed warp is. I mean, it's gonna push your it's gonna push push your fucking nose into the back of your head, and you're on you're in like a thirty dollar chair from Office Depot. I'm like, dude, I want I want something I'm like strapped into. I want like Jodie Foster in contact, like kind of shit. Like I don't feel comfortable like just standing here on this dude, thing. I, I don't know. It's so you, weird. If you like dig enough, there's like an explanation because like, well, light speed is light speed, right? So it's like three to to the power of like times 10 to the power of eight or something like that i can't remember what the speed of light was like that's star wars precisely no, gosh well, we don't you say that every morning i remember it from physics because <laughs> i used to do physics in high school and i think it is three times 10 to the power of eight or some shit like that's the speed of light mm, us tennesseans don't understand none of that physics talk <laughs> but that's li- li- we just we hit a switch and light shows up it's just there <laughs> but that's star wars like light speed is light speed i don't know if warp is faster but um like i'm sure there is like some kind of like design of the ship like even if it's like the shields like protecting you from like the the gravity of it or like the the, the velocity oh the, the g-force this answer is what much e- this answer is much easier than we than we know it is it just depends on which one you like more <laughs> if you like star trek more then that would probably be For faster sure. right For sure um so uh spock's father urges him to speak his mind and spock says that he feels anger and that he cannot control his anger and spock's i was just really hoping he would just start rapping right here <laughs> He just he just throws down some fucking Eminem. Yeah, hi, my name is <laughs> Spock. My name is Spock. Oh god. Uh, Spock's father says that he uh, that um, oh that his mother would say uh, do not try to control your anger, and that he married her because he loved her. Um, refuting the it's only logical argument from before, right? So he kind of t- he tells him the truth here, and um, this yeah. is basically the moment where you know Spock jumps back on board and he wants to beam onto the Narada. Kirk wants to come with him. I, I would cite regulation, but you would simply ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the Enterprise stops above Titan. I uh, love the end. Enter- Every time a ship comes in and out of warp, I fucking love it. This is sound effects, man. In the second one, there's this amazing sequence of like um, a ship chasing the USS Enterprise while in warp. Oh, and, yeah. And like, the sound yeah. it makes is incredible. Um, 
But uh, Kirk says Spock, <laughs> Kirk says Spock and Uhura hooking up. <laughs> this is such an awkward yeah. moment for him. And Kirk's like, thank you, Nyota. <laughs> and I just love the awkward nod to Uhura. Yeah. Uh, Scotty beams him onto the cargo bay and tells him there shouldn't be a soul inside. But hey, they get into a gunfight. Um, some pretty cool gunplay here. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, there's. Uh, this is supposed to be a fist fight, but apparently, um, I think it was Spielberg who said, um, you know, you've got too many fucking fist fights here. You got to get in gunplay. Um, and Spock mind melds with the stunned Romulan and figures out where the red matter and Captain Pike are. Uh, meanwhile, the drill is fucking up San Francisco because, of course, the Golden Gate has to cop some damage it's a movie guys it has to <laughs> hollywood right it's got something it's got something against the golden gate bridge um if you ask any american uh that like they'll tell you that anytime the san francisco bridge is in danger we all feel it <laughs> i always wondered why san francisco cops it in this movie and the second one too because in the second one a massive ship crashes into fucking san francisco and, and i said earlier i haven't seen any of the older ones other than the one this i think it's the sixth one there's a whale involved yeah. that is also in san San Francisco. So, I guess the Starfleet uh, Academy and base was always based out of San Francisco, but yeah, it's, it's just always well, weird. I've heard there, like, uh, there's always been like an unusually high number of like suicides from that bridge, so I picture just geez. somebody being like, I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna jump, and then the beam comes down like, I don't want to die, and they just fucking run. <laughs> it, just, it just fucking fries him instead. <laughs> yeah, he's like, son of a bitch! Oh, man. Um, so Kirk and Spock can't be beamed back because of the active drill, um, and they jump onto Spock Prime ship and this ship recognizes Spock oh, and I love Kirk's reaction oh that's weird <laughs> yeah uh, but basically Spock figures out what, he, he figures out what's going on um, does this ship not remind you a little bit of what is it the Slave 1 is that Boba Fett ooh, ship yeah the upside ooh, down one yeah. yeah yeah I fucking love that design yeah. dude that's, ba- that's, that's badass except this one kind of has this like rotating sphere thing at the back yeah I kind of I kind of like that I a little bit it. more like a <clears throat> like a geosymmetrical kind of thing going on I, I, it was cool it makes I like it, that. yeah, it makes it pretty memorable. Like it, it's something you don't really see in a lot of um, ships in other sci-fi flicks. Yeah, it makes you kind of like think about it. Does something need to be aerodynamic in space to travel faster? Because those ships almost look like they wouldn't be very, you know, logical to fly. See, but that's what that always what makes me think. See, about but that it. does make sense. Like this is what I love about sci-fi because you don't need aerodynamics in space. There's nothing to hold you back. That that's and I agree. That's why I'm saying those ships can look like oh, that yeah. and kind of stick out. It's still moving in that direction because if a plane was that shape and moving direction, you'd go, "Wow, that's how would that be logical?" Yeah. Uh, Kirk comes across Nero and his boy Al, and Nero just fucking pounds Kirk. James T. Kirk was considered yeah. to be a great man, but that was another life. Um, I love <laughs> I love Eric Banner here. Uh, and Spock basically flies down to San Francisco and destroys the drill. And Nero just fucking loses his mind. Spock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he goes back to the bridge I want Spock dead now By the way, there's a lot of jumping in this final sequence There's a lot of jumping around <laughs> I just thought it'd be so funny if he's like Stella! And he's like, it's, it's not it's, it's not Stella, it's Spock Spock! He's got the white singlet on <laughs> um, you know, but Nero does not give a fuck that there's red matter in the ship I want Spock dead now um, Yeah, suicide yeah. And no. Spock dodges the missiles and goes to warp um, 
And uh, <laughs> I write here, I got your gun. And I'm just like, well, good, because this dude was monologuing. Like, your species is even weaker than I expected. I hate this shit. I hate yeah. this shit in film, man. Like, with the villain, like, finally has them by the throat. And it's just like, they start, like, going on to this tirade. And then, like, decides to, like, just tell him everything. Yeah. Like, man, I got to get some shit off my chest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to let you know before I kill you. Uh, See, the, like, the, shit. The, I was going to uh, post this on Facebook, but look, this is really what's happening. Look. <laughs> This. Hashtag listen up. Hell yeah. <laughs> See, the, the only time I think this really works is when it's something like Watchmen, where he like goes through the whole thing and they're like, well, we're going to stop you. He's like, do you really think I would sit here and tell you my whole master stroke if you had any way of like affecting it? Uh, that That's that, it's like, but, uh, you know, I kind of get it for a movie like this, because in order to kind of get what you want later on out of the second and the third movie, which I assume are probably like a little bit better than the this first one, uh, that might be up for debate. But I think they kind of have to stick to that formulae thing. So, like, I'm more forgiving of that once you see something that kind of progresses into a trilogy because people don't know where it's going, and it's like, let's all just start on, like, Common Ground. Let's just do a typical kind of, like, action-y movie. We'll have one-liners and the villain monologuing. So, I'm, I'm a little bit more f- forgiving of that, but yeah, this did, like, this actually, this this line, I saw it on some list where it made, like, one of the top 100 lines before the kill. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, actually. Huh. Like, and it, it is an interesting line. I like that. I got your gun. <laughs> I'm like, oh wow, yeah, maybe you should, uh, maybe you should st- shut the fuck up. Like after he shoots him, he sees he's got all of it written down on his hand. He's like, wow, I didn't even notice that. I wish I- <laughs> <laughs> it's like all going all the way up his arm. He's like, I had a whole fucking speech yeah. ready. <laughs> it's like, man, this guy had some issues. Uh, so a total opposite version of people that monologue or, or directors or writers that go around those tropes of monologues. I think Zohead might be able to agree. I don't know if Colin has seen these, but Joss Whedon with like Serenity oh, yeah. um, and all the Firefly stuff. There's even times where they just skip entire conversations because somebody just shoots a gun and ends it and the, the, the music and everything picks right back up. Yeah. So yeah, Joss Whedon is you're fantastic sick of that, type that shit, of, man. Yeah, totally. That happens, I think, in some of the Avenger, one of the two Avengers, but definitely in Firefly and Serenity, there's a lot of moments where they just avoid that. So yeah, if you hate that style, uh, you'll laugh at it watching well, this Well, yeah, shit. I can think of an example like right off the top of my head, like the sequence where Loki's like, Loki's like, you know, uh, oh, talking yeah, to Hulk. and Hulk just fucking stomps his ass. <laughs> I will yeah, not be our, bullied by something yeah. and he just snatches his ass up. Yeah. yeah, I remember everyone in the that was when I knew that like the Avengers and the whole Marvel thing had like had like secured people because everyone just lost their mind sure. at that moment. Um so Spock is on a collision course with the Narada, he turns around, goes into attack position, and Nero just fire everything. Um and dude, another like another goosebumps moment. Just the the awesome moment of the USS Enterprise coming out of warp and just firing everything is badass. Love it. Yes. <laughs> Very like new hope millennium falcon yeah, like coming shit. out of the sun yeah 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 um kirk rescues pike uh spock crashes the ship with the red matter into the narada uh and spock kirk and pike are beamed onto the enterprise uh meanwhile the black hole continues to expand in the middle of the narada like i love the visuals here with the spikes of the narada kind of falling away um but i love like it's kind of like a side on shot like you've got the narada and then you've got this um this black hole just kind of consuming it from the middle um mm. Uh, Kirk offers help to Nero, but his compassion will earn peace with the Romulans. And Spock, no, not yeah, really. Yeah, he's like, fuck that shit, bye. Yeah, and Spock's like, Spock's like, uh, not really, not this time. <laughs> you know, one thing that uh, did remind me of, like, to seeing this black hole opened up in the ship is Halo Reach. If you guys, I know Danny's played it. I didn't um, play Reach. Man, the, the, oh, the, the, man, the, Reach is so good. That's a really, really, really excellent, like, game. But they Story do this at line. one point. They fucking open up, like, a slipstream in a ship, and it is fucking, as chaotic 
chaotic as you so can cool. imagine, dude. Fucking just splitting this huge ship in half. So, like, I really appreciated this scene because that's one of my favorite scenes from, like, the Halo mythology. Um, yeah. that, that's immediately what it reminded me of. It's fucking cool, dude. Uh, if you ever get around, play that game. It's excellent. Uh, well, if they started a Halo movie f- series, which I know they're starting, the, I think, the TV series on HBO or Showtime or something this year, or something, I think something's in development, but if they started a movie series, they should start with Reach to huh. set up everything for Master Chief because that storyline, like Khan is saying, is like it's like uh, Rogue One. It's the Rogue One of Halo. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For me, I think the reason I didn't play it was because like I was young when it came out, and it was just like, oh, it doesn't have Master Chief, so I'm not playing it. Right. That's, oh man, yeah. they're they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, noble Noble Team. That's who they who you play as. Yeah, because I remember. Um, I, I think ODST came out before that, and I was just like, yeah, I'm not interested. Oh, ODST so good. Oh, anyway. Man. <laughs> we, could, we could do a whole Halo episode. Uh, so Nero freezes uh, uh, Kirk's help, uh, and Kirk orders them to fire on him. Fucking cold, man. I love it. Um, and I love the music as the Narada just disappears into nothing, man. Like it's just everything's just like all the spikes have fallen off. Like it's it's cool. It's fantastic. Um, and the Enterprise gets caught up in the gravity well of the black hole. They don't have enough power to get away. I'm giving it everything she's got, Captain. Gets Scotty's, yeah, yeah. Scotty's line. Hey. Right. Hey, did you see what they did there? I did. Did you see what hey. they did? Hey. I did. Did, did hey. you? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Scotty suggests ejecting the core and detonating, which works. Uh, cool, hey. cool moment of no. the... <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I had to do it. I'm you sorry. Fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> cool moment of the USS Enterprise escaping. Uh, and then you get Spock, Spock mistaking Spock Prime for his father, and Spock says, that they can't avoid each other because there's so little of them left and tell Spock and that Kirk and Spock needed each other and that's why I didn't tell them the truth. Um, and Spock Prime urges Spock to remain in Starfleet to put aside logic and to do what feels right. Uh, I shall simply say good luck. Uh, this is a touching moment. Yeah. I, like, I like this. Um, yeah. The Academy Assembly recognises Kurt's valour and is awarded with a commendation uh, and Kurt relieves Captain Pike as captain of the Enterprise. And then you cut to the Enterprise preparing for a mission. Uh, Spock's promoted to first officer. Oh, by the way, just quickly, um, Spock Prime's uh, last line, thrusters on full, was actually improvisation from Leonard Nimoy. Um, the scene was actually filmed uh, showing Spock thoughtfully and quietly walking away, but um, afterwards, Leonard Nimoy approached J.J. Abrams and said, if you give me one more take, um, I have a thought and I'd like, I'd like to inject here and see if you like it. And they did, and he said thrusters on full. And Abrams said, Abrams later called Nimoy to tell him how well he thought it led into the final scene because it's them kind of like... You know, setting everything up like full speed yeah. ahead and going ambitiously forward. Yeah, uh, and Nimoy said it was kind of a the inspiration for the line was a way of like saying to the younger cast, "Go ahead, take the tor- take the torch and go," which is which is oh, great. Oh, cool! Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Uh, and then you get uh, Kirk take us out, and then um, in the final shot of the Enterprise, the windows are actually in Morse code, um, and they actually spell out Khan, which is cool. Oh, that's fucking cool! Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. The windows. <laughs> yeah. 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 The windows yeah. are like circles and dots into the Morse code yeah. of Khan. Yeah, like dots and dashes. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, but, dude, space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Her ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life forms and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Uh, and that's Star Trek 2009. Hey, we made it. Hey. Nice. Yeah. 
fucking nice. nice. Uh, I think we have a few comments, right? Da oh, fuck, I don't know. I didn't care about this movie. I didn't look up shit. <laughs> you motherfucker. So uh. take us through some of the comments. Take us out. Um, all right, hold up. I'm uh, pulling them up now. Does anyone want to do some kind of like rapping while I do this? Nope, don't do it. I've got it. <laughs> uh, Patrick Harrington, will this episode include Lenslay somehow? <laughs> oh, that's right. That's definitely coming. I, I was, I was so just far. like, we haven't really figured out how to do that yet. <laughs> uh, but Patrick Harrington goes on to say, seriously though, I love this movie. Carl um, Urban as McCoy is so damn good. Patrick, I hope you rolled your, your eyes at Colin. I hope you did. Um, yeah, yeah. And he finishes, <laughs> finishes his comment off with, uh, and you get the fun Thor cameo at the beginning. Uh, Michael Claudio, uh, this was the first Star Trek movie I'd ever seen. Uh, I like this movie uh, for a non-Trekkie, very watchable. And uh, Bob Bob Harrington. Well put. For well sure. Put. Bob Harrington also commented as well. Uh, Bob is uh, obviously uh, Patrick's wife. They both do married people watch movies together, so check out that podcast. Um, she said to Michael Claudio, same here, I love this movie, but I've never really watched or liked prior Star Trek movies. So very similar to us in that uh, yeah. in that comment, Bob. Uh, and Clay Boynton, uh, Carl Urban is the Kevin Bacon of sci-fi movies. <laughs> Dude, he totally is. He is he's, he's all up in sci-fi, like, you know, dread. And, like, I actually responded to Clay's comment. I said, hell yeah, bring back Almost Human. He was in this really, like, short-lived TV show called Almost Human. Um, it was actually really good, but it got cancelled. Oh, I think, what did, uh, was that where one of them was a vampire, the other one was a werewolf no. or something like that? <laughs> no, there's a there's a show like that. It has Samuel Witwer, who's actually Star Killer in the um, Star Wars Extended Universe. But I can't. Re- it's it's like almost human or too human or something like it that. It might be too human. Like I'll read you like the the synopsis for Almost Human. So in 2048, a police officer uh, wakes up from a 17 month coma uh, without his uh, without his girlfriend, um, and he survived. He survived a claustrophobic, a catastrophic attack on the police department. Um, and basically, it's just it's kind of like a police procedural, but in the future. Uh, it's actually got a good score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's seventy percent, but it was canned. I guess it just didn't get the viewership. Nah, that sucks. Yeah, but it was it was good. I hate when stuff like that happens. It was good. Um, Firefly uh, to say that twice. What yeah, said. Firefly is the obviously the big one that you know everyone's trying to get back. But hey, I guess Serenity was the movie that that was that capped it off, right? Um, wrapped it up. Wrapped it up for the most. Wrapped part. it up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, Star Trek. Uh, give us your closing thoughts, Danny. Uh, I'm glad that they chose now to probably revitalize that. I say now, it's 10 years ago, but, uh, you know, just generally speaking around this time of movies that they had uh, used it to revitalize that. And uh, I, you can definitely see the similarities between Mission Impossible 3 and this one. Um, like the whole like ending like last 20 minutes, it's just like one huge long action sequence, which is very reminiscent, right, of uh, Mission Impossible 3 and his early in that other work. Yeah. So, um, but I love the chemistry of everybody. The movie doesn't have like really any slow parts at all it's just so much fun to watch everyone on there um and just yeah uh really enjoyed it could watch this kind of like you could probably watch this anytime right give me a score not not my favorite oh score a nine right nice probably right colin okay you piece of shit give me the fucking give give me the lowdown there's some tropes 
And by the way, that show is Being Human. That's uh, the one I was okay. thinking of with Samuel Witwer. Okay. Um, no, I... Uh, but so Almost Human is a prequel to Being Human, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't hate this movie. I don't love this movie. I think that's about the best way I could put it. You know, I think that um, they could have done a lot more with Nero. He's really two-dimensional. Um, he also looks like the, like the vampires from Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the original TV show. Like when they first started off, like these bald-headed, like always frowls kind of bunched up, like look. And um, I like the, I like the stuff with, um, with Spock and, and Kirk. And it's great. And, I, and I, I like to see that they flesh out these characters like a little bit more. You know, they could, they could do some, they could do a lot of stuff with the TV show. But, um, you know, I think we live in an age of people who don't want to see things remade. They don't want to see sequels, prequels, reboots. And, and I understand that. But at the same time, something like Star Trek, even though I'm not the biggest fan of it, it deserves to be passed on to a, a new a, a new generation. You know, I'm sure people thought it was sacrosanct when Next Gen came out. And, you know, like that's a fucking awesome show. Uh, that's the one I actually watched the most of. So I, I think that people are afraid that someone's going to mess it up because there have been some, you know, there's been some bad Star Trek shows for sure. And, and it's and also that probably happens sometimes when the storylines, you know, ha- don't have a lot of depth to them. There's a lot of there's a lot of places to go with the Star Trek universe lore, right? Right. There's Just only from so much... watching this one movie alone, I could think of a lot of spinoff things. Right. There's only so much you can do in a television episode. Um, I don't mind J.J. Abrams Lin flares, but they're really heavy in this, like a little bit <laughs> too God. heavy. Like, heavy yeah. How did we talk about for two hours without actually going into them? Because I do. I swear to God, it's he's, like he's got us used to him. I know. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like in a weird way. It's just like it's like a it's like somebody who's in a relationship with someone who treats them like shit, but they don't even notice it by now, like because they 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 like all these other things about him. But like Colin Bud, you feeling okay? You yeah, want to hang out after this? Colin, do you need to come stay tonight with us? <laughs> um, but no, I uh, I I think that Who wants to watch Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> um, I fucking I I I I think this movie's okay. Okay, I, I, it's a little overhyped in my opinion. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's one of the best sci-fi movies ever made. But I do think it's a push in the right directions for people to start taking sci-fi seriously again. Um, on, on a scale one to ten, remember that Simon Pegg's in it. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, oh, an eleven or a twelve. No, um, <laughs> because they do cool shit with you know this whole thing of like black holes and time travel and stuff. Um, I don't, I don't mind it so much. It, they're clever about how they reboot. It and I and I think that's kind of cool. So I you know I, I give it a solid seven. You know it, it's a good movie. It's it's not a piece of shit. It's just not something that's kind of up my alley. Um, and I can be objective in that and say you know what this movie is not for me. But I would absolutely recommend it as as good sci fi to watch. Um, but it's not something that's going to be on my shelf anytime soon. But it's a good movie. Nice. Um, so obviously no secret that I love this movie. Um, it's I, I just think it's fantastic. It's um it's got great action sequences, man. Some really good moments of of build up to those action sequences like the scene where um they they do the space jump the scene where they you know warp out and you know they find the fucking ship graveyard um and just the, yeah. just the sound design man like if you if you watch this in a home theater i i wish i saw this at the movies i didn't watch this at the movies i saw it on blu-ray first so oh it was awesome yeah theaters. like i could imagine like the sound system like just fucking this up because like it is it it has amazing sound sound design um and the effects of this like I think they like for the most part. I think they stand up. Like it is, it has been ten years. Um, I can't really see any aging at all. I don't know about you guys. What do you think? No, I, I think it looks fine. It, I, I, it was, 
Lulu. Aged very yeah. well. Yeah, I, totally. I'd say if you t- if you told me this came out in thirteen or fourteen, I would be like, okay, cool. Like I believe <laughs> Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah, it looks fantastic. I think, I think when I think effects, um, I think they really kind of did well from two thousand seven onwards. So two thousand seven was like Transformers, and I th- I put Transformers like right up there in terms of effects, like because yeah. I've never seen anything like that beforehand. So, um, but uh, yeah, man, like this this movie is fantastic. The chemistry between the cast, um, the writing is fantastic. The story is, is is a lot stronger than it should be for a reboot. Um, and JJ Abrams directing, man, like it is like you said, Danny, it is exciting from like minute one to the end. Like it's just not you're not bored. Um, like the dude knows how to fucking make a movie, um, and it's just it's entertaining from start to finish. And I love I love this. Like this is just a a, a hell of a movie for me, man. Um, I I do think it does have a few issues. Like I said, um, there are a couple moments that just kind of falter for me. So I do give it like a like a nine and a half out of ten. Like it's not it's not perfection, but it is great. And I think it's for me it's it's my favorite um, Abrams movie. Um, it's it's oh. yeah, and like that's saying something because I really love Force Awakens. Um, so take that as you may. But yeah, this 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 is fantastic. Um, Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, it's great. It's it's not as strong as this. I I like before we you know we we might cover that sometime in the future. I might drag Colin, <laughs> <laughs> might drag Colin. Um, but I, I I do think that's awesome. Um, but it does go into a little weird territory. Um, I think Benedict Cumberbatch in that is fucking outstanding. Um, and I think Beyond is the weakest. Uh, I think it suffers from um because that's not JJ. That's Justin Lin. So like it doesn't feel like it, it belongs. Fast, is that Fast and Furious, yep. Justin yep. Lin? Yep. Yep. Mm. So it, it doesn't feel as kind of polished as the, the first two. Um, but yeah. Yeah, man. I love this movie. Fantastic movie. I'm glad we covered it. Thanks so much guys for covering this one with me. This was fantastic. Um, had a blast on this episode. Um, yeah. So I'm going to plug the socials. Do you guys have anything else to say before you head out? Live long and prosper. Hell Happy yeah. New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Live long and prosper. We're hoping for an amazing 2019 we've already fucking kicked it off to a great start with an upcoming attractions episode and then you got the thing prequel that we uh filmed late last year that we dropped this year um filmed did we say filmed <laughs> recorded yes Dude, holy shit uh, <laughs> Zoham Ali and Colin Duncan a two man show <laughs> the thing <laughs> the thing prequel uh, and no one shows up <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but yeah uh, guys we are Midnight Double Feature we're on Facebook that's t- we've got two pages on Facebook we've got Midnight Double Feature which is our main page that's basically where we post all of our um, all of our, our announcements and things like that like we announce our new episodes via there uh, and then we've got the after party which is the conversation afterwards or you know during like you know we've got, that's where we post all the news um, and just kind of have riffraff so that's the after party uh, and then we've got uh, Instagram which is at Midnight Double Feature and we're on Twitter that's at MDF pod. Uh, we're on YouTube, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes. Uh, you can listen to us anywhere. So uh, be sure to listen to us uh, wherever you can uh, and give us some support by rating us and reviewing us on iTunes. Um, and uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've, you know, hopefully got some new competitions in the pike. 
Uh, we just announced the winner of the Infinity War contest, so congratulations to uh, I forgot your name on, on, on Instagram. Where it was announced on Instagram, so thank you so much uh, to everyone who professional. Yeah, I know, I know, whatever. Thank you so much for uh, everyone who entered into the Infinity War contest. We're hoping to do some more of those in the future, uh, and we've got some more surprises uh, lined up. Um, you know, on our next upcoming attractions episode, uh, Matt and I are going to be uh, doing our top ten countdown of uh, 2018. Uh, so, Colin and Danny, if you want to tell me your top ten after this episode, I'll be be sure to weave that in there. Um, and we, mm-hmm. you know, we've got Oscars coming up at the end of Feb, so we're keen to talk about that soon. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>